What's up, everything? Well, it's a bonus episode. That's what's up. The February 26th trade deadline is fast approaching, and there are 31 teams in the league looking to make moves that improve their team, either for the here and now or for the future. GMs will be rendezvousing with Star Command to find out what ownership wants and how delusional they really are. And we'll try to sort all that out as we go team by team through the whole league. It's all up ahead, so let's get started and let's make trades. are the two guys no cup podcast and that was the mellifluous voice of ian peters i don't know what that word co-host. means it means sonorous i think those are sonorous. Well, i don't even know what that means <laughs> uh, look them up <laughs> look up both of those words they're fancy words for sound good you sound oh, thank good, you see so. i didn't know if this is a compliment <laughs> or what you're trying to say that's how that's how you insult people without knowing it people you just say fancy words that they don't know <laughs> but those were not insults i'm taking that headband off it lasted a minute anyway <laughs> it is saturday february 17th we are here in our luxurious apartments in abu dhabi in the united arab emirates mm. and we are recording a bonus episode fit for a king or Arab sheik. Sultan? <laughs> Sultan, that's I the word that's I was looking for. I Thank don't you. Know. Uh, <laughs> we are here going to discuss the NHL trade deadline, which is fast approaching, as you so wisely said, mm-hmm. uh, on February 26th at, I don't know, 3 or 2 p.m., one of them times. Um, I wish it was midnight. I agree. Then you could like stay up epic. real late. <laughs> and you're like, oh, they made a move at 11:50. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. Honestly, uh, we we have uh, we have an obsession with the trade deadline, kind of across the league. I mean, obviously, we will focus on what it means for the Blues, but this episode, uh, for those of you who are unaware or have limited schedules, will not be focused on discussing the Dallas game. Thank God, um, <laughs> and. It will not be focused mostly on the Blues, so if you just want to cut it out of your schedule because you're not that interested in what the Buffalo Sabres are going to do at the trade deadline, and God bless you, who could blame you, uh, we will not be offended at all if you just turn over and catch us on Thursday when we talk about the games and whatever trades did or didn't happen. Uh, but for those of you who are interested, we're going to go alphabetically team by team through the NHL and discuss what players on a roster may be available, um, what the teams look are looking to do you know, versus where they are in the standings, where they are in their building strategy, that sort of thing, and hopefully give you all a fuller picture of what the next two weeks of hockey trades uh, which will not all be hockey trades in the oh, no. proverbial sense, uh, will look like. Uh, so without any further ado, I guess we should just jump right mm-hmm. in and start with the Arizona Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> I was going to say, we prepared separate lists with different notes, and I can't wait for us to not have the, the right order for <laughs> alphabetical. These are uh, much like the... Uh, Angels in baseball were for a time the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. These are the Arizona Ducks of Anaheim. (laughs) 
Um, we have been, uh, we should say, just as a sort of credit and mm. to give you, uh, give him props, not that he needs it from us, but we have been heavily influenced by uh, Bob McKenzie's latest podcast, The Bobcast, uh, which is a great name. And he had a, a lot of fun and a lot of great information going through um, just every team and looking at what they might do and might not do. So a lot of the insights as far as, you know, you ever hear us saying sources said or whatever, that'll probably come from him. And if it mm-hmm. comes from elsewhere, we'll tell you. So uh, look that up. It was great as well. So Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I guess I will start with them, and then mm. we can just kind of switch off talking about the teams. I think the Ducks are in a, an interesting position, and they're actually, I would say, fairly analogous to the Blues this year um, in terms of they're a team that is traditionally pretty good, traditionally a playoff contender, but have been underperforming and are kind of in fringe contention at the moment. I think mm. they're – are they currently in the eighth or the – Third spot yeah. in the West in the Pacific, yep. um, but they're kind of battling and scuffling a little bit. Uh, GM Bob Murray said recently uh, in a lengthy and uh, pretty no holds barred <laughs> quote, uh, he said, "I can't see unless something drastic happens in the next two weeks or they play a lot better than we've been playing. I don't see much happening." And referring to the deadline, I'm still kind of waiting for them, the players, to show me something that they're not. We're very inconsistent. We're very up and down. So far, when it's come to real critical big games, we've basically shit the bed in the big games. Right now, I sit and watch. I'm not really talking to anybody. Not really doing anything. Um, pretty hard words from a GM. Uh, just directly and publicly to his team saying, look, if you guys want change, if you want additions at the deadline, don't blame me. You've got to play like you deserve mm-hmm. it, basically, which I think is a, a bold strategy and and commendable for him. So I wouldn't look at the uh, Ducks as a team that's necessarily going to make big moves. They added Patrick Eves as like a low-cost rental last year. who they ended up extending for a long Mm -hmm. time. Um, I could see them maybe looking for something similar to that. They they already have one of the bigger hockey trades of the year, trading uh, Sammy Vatanen to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Adam Henrique. So I would expect them to stand pat. I believe they have Antoine Vermette, who may be a player they'll look to sell Mm -hmm. if he's healthy. Um, So I don't know. I don't think we'll see a lot of movement centered around the Ducks unless something drastically changes one way or the other in the next 10 days or so. But what do you think about Anaheim and uh, their deadline perspective? Yeah, I think comparing them to the Blues is a very apt comparison. They're not a team that's one piece away by any means from contending with the Cup, and they aren't doing as well as I thought they would have, so kind of exactly like the Blues do Mm -hmm. in that respect. And they've been kind of rifled with injuries. Mm, that's true. Year. They had a really hard they time with their the captain season out. without Kessler for a long mm-hmm. time, and they've had Getzlav out at different times, and Raquel's been out some, and yeah, mm-hmm. so. I know there have been talks of maybe like a Kevin Bieksa trade, but he does, I believe, have like a full no-move clause, so mm-hmm. that's a really tough one to so we should, move him around. We should maybe take a minute to discuss before we go on yeah. what the difference between a no-movement and a no-trade clause yeah. is. Um, do you want to talk about that for a second? 
why don't you talk about that? Because I get the two mixed up. <laughs> I was afraid we were going to say that because I also get the two mixed up. Uh, a no, we're going to learn a together. No movement causes stricter, I think. I believe um, so. I believe even though there's a, in my mind, I think a no trade, I cannot be traded as like this big thing. Yeah. But you're right. I believe no movement clause is stricter. And you can have a full and you can have a partial. Some things you commit, you can submit a team's list that you won't go to or that you will go to. So according to Winnipeg Hockey Talk, a no-movement clause is a uh, it prohibits a team from moving a player by trade, waivers, or assigning that player to the minors without the player's consent. This keeps the player with the pro team unless the player approves one of these moves. The player has the final say. Some players will often have a limited trade list here as well. A no-movement clause does not restrict a team from buying out or terminating a player's contract versus a no-trade clause, which is much less restrictive, only places restrictions on movement by trade. A player with an NTC cannot be traded by a team unless the player provides consent. And a limited or partial no-trade clause is often less restrictive than a full no-trade clause and depends on the conditions negotiated in the player's contract, which could include a list of teams. Mm -hmm. So basically, a full no-movement clause is about as... Yeah. full as you can get yeah so kevin um, bx is gonna have a hard time which is not to say which is not to say that it couldn't be overcome if the player has incentive to play a different yeah. role or for a different team or whatever mm-hmm. it's just that that guy basically controls there's no there's no ability for the franchise to say look you're you're leaving yeah, you know you. unless they just want to say you know you're not playing unless you approve a trade but that rarely happens and even that might not yeah. work you might say okay i'll sit here and you can pay me to do nothing but <laughs> that's yeah that's extreme hardball yeah and i'm ducks i think just in general are a team in transition yeah. so it's going to be a thing where i think you see more movement for them in the summer team in transition going to be a phrase we probably hear a fair oh, yeah, amount today. that's true uh, moving down the list, though, we have next the Arizona Coyotes, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Cross my fingers. Yep, All right, yep, that's yep. another A. Um, <laughs> only really two untouchables on this team, and I think this is a Bob McKenzie quote almost directly, and that's mm-hmm. Oliver ekman Larson and Clayton Keller. Uh, ekman Larson, I think, because if you want to trade him, and mm-hmm. they might before his contract ends in two years, I believe, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a summer trade. That's yeah. a summer trade where you can get a lot more for him than mm-hmm. just at the deadline. Clayton Keller, too, is just, this is rookie year. This is full first year in the league. That's just too early to trade anyone because he also has such a promising yeah. future ahead of him. There's He's no reason to move young. him. Outside of those two, it's I'd say it's open season, except for I don't think Cheka, their GM down in Arizona, really wants to make you know, random trades. I don't think he's looking to rebuild an already rebuilding team. I think he's trying to maybe move laterally at worst, Mm -hmm. which I guess anyone would really want to do. But He wants to get rid of any player older than him, which is, (laughs) you know, 22 or so. As long as it be half the roster. Uh, Um, Just to to update, um, Ekman-Larsen's contract goes through this next season at $5.5 million, and he'll be unrestricted after that at the age of 27. So he'll be a player that year after next season. I'd think who, if be, he hits uh, the open market, will be very highly pursued and valuable. I think there will be some definite feelers out there for him this summer. Yeah. Um, it, names on the trade market for Arizona, though, you've got Max Domi, uh, possibly Nicholas Yarmelson, a Luke Shen even as sort of a stay-at-home defender. Mm-hmm. These have all sort of been talked about. I think Max Domi, 
they might not want to trade just because he's had a really rough season and they'd have to sell low. Yeah. He had a 50 point, 50 plus point season his rookie year. And since then, I believe the year after that, he was injured and only played about 50 games. And then this year, it just hasn't been overly great. So mm-hmm. he's probably staying. I don't know what they move. I don't know if there's anything on that team that's overly desirable outside of the maybe two people we just talked about. Yeah, honestly, that team is just in the dumps. I hate to, <laughs> I hate to say it. I could, I guess maybe Antiranta, I think, is a free agent after this year. <laughs> so I could see Make them. Make the trade and then he's gone. Yeah. yeah got, I mean, be. if there's value for him out yeah. there, you know. Um, but he has to be healthy, too. I've got a quote from uh, Craig Custance that says, Multiple sources confirm that Arizona GM John Chaka is not shopping Oliver ackman Larson. If you call Chaka and ask, he's going to say no, said one executive. But what if you say, I'll offer you this and this and this and this? That's a different equation, which is <laughs> a very co- almost comical quote because, of course, anyone could overpay for any player. Mm. And, you know. I'll give you Sidney Crosby and yeah. Kenny Malkin for if, if, OEL. If the GM of the Sabres calls us and says, hey, we'll give you... Uh, middle stat, our first, and Sam Reinhardt for Vladimir Tarasenko. Vladimir Tarasenko might suddenly be on the market, you know, <laughs> but uh, it seems pretty unlikely that Agman Larson will be moved. Did you have any more notes about the Coyotes? Not really. I don't think we're going to see much out of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they'll be, I mean, they'll they'll probably make a couple minor moves, but nothing big. They they seem to be always mm-hmm. be a team that makes some weird AHL trade. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, they already moved to Claire, too, yeah, earlier this that's year. Yeah, that's true. There's been a few trades uh, earlier in the season um, that we'll talk about. And we'll also, just for those of you that are wondering, we will yeah. talk about the Sashnikov Blues trade. Uh, when we talk about the Blues at the end of the episode. But I feel like you and me have talked about it plenty that I almost forget. Yeah. We haven't talked about it yeah. on here. We'll talk about it today, and I'm sure we will revisit it uh, on the regular scheduled mm-hmm. podcast for those of you who don't uh, want to spend the rest of God knows how long <laughs> listening to these teams. Um, so moving on to the Bo- Boston Bruins, uh, they're one of the better teams in hockey right now. Uh, they're pushing for a cup. They're a team strange to me. I can't tell what their window is mm-hmm. because they've got guys like Chara and even Bacchus and uh, not Bergeron because he's still yeah. crazy. I don't think they thought he's been here. their window was going to be this year at all. Krejci, yeah. They've got like that weird kind of Frankenstein team that's got a lot of really young guys like Pasternak and McAvoy and different guys coming up and then like some of the older guys. Uh, but they're definitely a very good team. Um, Bob McKenzie was saying that they're so good right now that they maybe don't want to disrupt the chemistry mm-hmm. that they've got there. There may not be an obvious need that they have to slot somebody in on. Uh, but with that said, they have bunches of picks and prospects to work with if they want to. I don't know how much uh, their cap space is. I'll look that up mm-hmm. as we talk here. But I think they're a team that I wouldn't expect any major moves from. I doubt they're going to go for a rental because they do have – a lot of time to um, kind of work with uh, this core. I don't think anybody's leaving right away. Uh, Riley Nash is going to be a U- UFA after the season, and Zidane Chara will be as well, but who knows with either <laughs> of those guys. You know, I mean, Chara's never going to play for another team, I wouldn't think. Uh, no. They have $2.5 million of space at the deadline. Okay. Um, so not enough to make a rental in any yeah. of the big rentals, at well, least. Well, kind of along the same lines we were talking about and clarifying like the clauses and the no trades and all mm-hmm. that stuff. 
contracts are prorated. Uh-huh. So if someone's owed $4 million this year, if you're trading for them right now, you're about three-quarters of the way through the season, mm-hmm. you only owe that guy $1 million. Okay. So you can fit them in your cap. It's still rough because, I mean, next season you owe them all that money. Yeah. So it's still a long-term thing. But if it is a rental, you might be able to get a guy for just that little bit of amount. Yeah, that's true. It's still a little iffy because I don't know exactly if you're going to want to add to people, if you have someone on IR, if you've got mm-hmm. other things going on, mm-hmm. money gets a little weird. Yeah. I'm with you, though. Boston, definitely a team that's so good that I don't know if you want to touch anything. Maybe, and I'll probably say this like five or six times, maybe blue line depth mm-hmm. guy, like a seventh defenseman. Those you can have for like a fourth round pick at most. Yeah. And it just seems like something you'd like to have going to the playoffs. But that's about all I see for them. Yeah, I think when you look at the league right now, the real top contenders are probably the Lightning Bruins and Penguins out of the East, Mm -hmm. and I guess the Capitals, but let's be honest. (laughs) And then, obviously, the Predators and the Jets and maybe the Golden Knights. It's hard. I wouldn't say anyone out of the Pacific is really a contender, except the Golden Knights are very good. Mm-hmm. So as much as we want to say it has to come to an end at some point, it could just not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> could just keep going. But uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about each of those teams in turn. But mm-hmm. when you look at those few teams, those are the ones that are maybe in a position where they've got to really consider whether this is the moment to load up for a cup chase. Yeah. Now, if you were with us in one of our earlier podcasts, we kind of previewed each of the divisions and during the summer. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the Atlantic division... We forgot a team. That is true. That is true. And we that, did do that. That team is the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> we literally just forgot things. We, we just moved right on through them. Um, and again, there's not much to say about them other than that they're, they stink still. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing for them as far as trade bait or who they're going to be trading away, it's Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. That's, he's a UFA this summer. They're going to want to get something for him. There was talks that the Blues had slight interest. I don't even know if the Blues actually did, if that yeah. was just a rumor of where people thought they might. Mm-hmm. I don't, if I'm any team, I'm not really that interested. I mean, he's got some offensive upside for sure, but he's had locker room problems everywhere he's been. I don't know if I trade something, a rental price for that guy at yeah. all. And if I am trading, it's a sign and trade, and I don't know why you're doing that either for him. Um, maybe a Sam Reinhart's on the move. But I also think that's a summer trade, too. You're going to get more. Yeah. That feels like a, if it's not now, it's at the draft. That's yeah. the other big trade time. Uh-huh. Um, outside of those guys, I don't really see anyone moving. I know for a while there were like little rumors that the Penguins were interested in getting uh, Ryan O'Reilly, which just sounds disgusting. That they're I'm, like, we'll just have him on our third as our third line center. Yeah. I just give him the cup already. I don't know how on earth they'd fit his contract yeah. in though yeah. for now or the long term, because mm-hmm. um, it's pretty hefty and it's lengthy too. Yeah. But um, if somebody's going to find a way, it's probably Jim Rutherford. So <laughs> uh, I think the thing about the Bruins is, or the Sabers, excuse me, is it's <laughs> got to get it wrong sometimes. <laughs> is it's not really an if as to whether Evander Kane will be traded. I think it's, I think he'll go. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are very few sure things at the NHL trade deadline. Yeah. But if there is one, I think Evander Kane's going to go somewhere. He's too talented. I guess we should make guesses. I guess so. Uh, Evander Kane goes to (laughs) that. Oh, who do you think? You got one? (laughs) Not me. I think I'm going to go outside the box and say the Dallas Stars. I think they have... Oh. Maybe a spot for a yeah. scoring winger. 
uh, and maybe Hitchcock can keep him in a little <laughs> bit, and I think that might be a good fit. Yeah. I don't think he, like you said, I don't think he appeals necessarily to any of the top contenders who are like mm-hmm. a piece away because they want to have a piece that for sure is going to come in there and like gel, you know, yeah. and be all about winning the cup. And Evander Kane has earned himself a reputation to not be about those things. <laughs> so I, you have a prediction on him? I was going to say for a split second, I was going to say, I think you might go back to Winnipeg, but no, there's no way to go back to Winnipeg. <laughs> That'd be awesome um, if it did happen. Actually, I'm just going to move like whatever, a couple like 700 miles south and say, I think uh, maybe Minnesota takes a run at him. Mm-hmm. That's the weird Minnesota move where like, oh, they got better. And then you kind of look like squint at it and you go, did they? <laughs> Because I swear every move they make in Minnesota, I'm like, that's pretty good. And then I sit there and go, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's not. It's like, I maybe it's you that mentioned this, but uh, somebody mentioned the Scooby-Doo meme recently. Oh, yeah. Was that you that yeah. said that? It's similar to like you walk up and you pull the Minnesota Wild mask off, <laughs> and then it's still the Minnesota Wild <laughs> under there. You know? you go, oh, yeah. I I don't know. That's where I would think you would go. I don't think you could straight somewhere be a good in the East. Too, at least. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it'll probably be one of the top top contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, Calgary Flames. Moving on. Uh, I don't expect them to do a lot. They're in a situation where they maybe can't do a lot. They're fringe playoff team right now, uh, but they have no first or second round pick this upcoming draft, which is just heinous. <laughs> I think part all or most of that was part of the Travis Amonic deal. What a trade. Um, yeah. For the Islanders. For the Islanders. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, they do have some uh, solid goalkeeping prospects that maybe they could move one of uh, if teams have interest. I don't know how valuable goalkeeping prospects are in a trade because they're oh, just such yeah. a not a sure thing. Just a dice roll. Uh, but um, uh, Bob McKenzie said they may be looking for toughness, which who isn't. So maybe a Zach Smith type. What if they get Pat uh, or Maroon? Or Matt Murray or Pat Maroon, yeah. But it'd be interesting to see if Edmonton would even be willing to trade, mm-hmm. you know, a rental across the division. I guess I would. I guess I'd trade a rental if I was out of it. But yeah, you never know how the Canadians are feeling. So I don't expect Calgary <laughs> to be a big mover. Uh, if anybody, I I could see like a gritty middle six kind of Pat Maroon, mm-hmm. Zach Smith, uh, that kind of guy. Uh, but do you have any additional thoughts on them, or do you want to move on to Carolina? I think... Uh, How are we doing with the alphabet so far? Are the, we in agreement? We're in agreement. I, I mean, that doesn't mean it's correct, but we're in agreement. Um, Calgary, the only thing I was going to say was they had Yager, and they brought him in um, at the beginning of the season, thinking that maybe he'd have you know, a decent scoring role, yeah. good enough, and obviously he's gone now, and he didn't do much for him up there. Maybe they always strike me as a weird team that kind of gets players we want to, mm-hmm. and I feel like they might get a Mike Hoffman. It would be a little tight because they don't have, like you said, they don't have picks. They've got some prospects, and I highly doubt they're wanting. I can't think of anyone on their team they're really willing to part with as far as like another contract mm-hmm. going the other way. Maybe they can promise Ottawa some youth, but they strike me as someone that's done that before with Ottawa too. I think Ottawa traded Calgary. Curtis Lazar, and I forget what Calgary sent back, but I was just thinking like past trades, and there's still like a little connection mm-hmm. there. Um, that's as much as I ever had for a, those guys. A player I might look at if I were Calgary mm-hmm. uh, is Boone Jenner, because mm-hmm. he's definitely kind of a, a of the David Backus mold, where he delivers a lot of hits. He's a pretty physical player. Um, 
but he is supposed to have the scoring upside. Whether he actually does or does not this year is a little uncertain, <laughs> but um, that would be maybe an interesting piece because then you can bring him into the fold longer term um, and see how things work out there. But, yeah, I don't know that they'll do anything. So Yeah, that's another team I don't know if they'll do anything is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. They're kind of a bubble team at the moment. Let me see here. They are two spots back of a wild card with 63 points. They're tied with Columbus where they played one more game. They don't strike me as a team that is uh, going to do much of anything. I don't even know if they have much to offer anyone, really. They have a lot of young players, I guess, but I don't know if they're willing to part with any of them yet. They really haven't gone far enough into this rebuild to know. Or if they have, I would feel kind of bad because it's probably not overly successful thus far. They have some young defensemen. They have some some young forwards, but I don't know what their need is. Yeah, That probably doesn't help that I don't watch the Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> all that much. Um, they do have a deep blue line coming up. A lot of young guys in the pipeline, so they might be able to trade from that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what they want. I would think, if anything, they're going to be more likely to be sellers than buyers. If they're buying, they're buying for the future. They're not buying for now. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think they've got a fan base, maybe like the Canucks, maybe like the Blues, probably like every team on earth, that, <laughs> that a fan base is a little more antsy than the front office um, and a little more impatient. But uh, I agree. They can't go out there and make some boneheaded rental mm-hmm. move right now. I think they've got a good young core. Um Maybe somebody offers the moon for Jeff Skinner or mm-hmm. one of those guys. Um, Bob McKenzie was talking about they could definitely look to trading one of their young defensemen like Jacob Slavin or one of the other guys for offensive help, but that sounds like more of a draft day summer yeah. move. So I would not expect them to be big movers. Uh, but we do have people later who are going to be big movers so <laughs> stick promise. with us uh one of those teams is not the chicago blackhawks <laughs> however the blackhawks who have fallen on hard times and doesn't it just break your heart ian to see that the blackhawks are suffering i, I cry um, tears of something to quote uh bob mckenzie word for word because i was just overjoyed to hear this uh the chicago blackhawks day as days as a trade deadline buyer would appear to be over Wah, wah. <laughs> the witch is dead. <laughs> um, so he basically said they're definitely out of the rental market, and they could be a seller, but they don't have much to sell. Uh, there's been discussion of even possibly already shipping out Brandon Saad, mm-hmm. who they got in the, what I thought at the time was misguided and definitely You're looks right. more misguided <laughs> now, our Timmy Panarin trade. Uh, but uh, the honesty there is like, Boom Jenner, Max Domi, some of the other guys you've said, mm-hmm. you're getting as little value right now as you could possibly get for a guy yeah. like that. So uh, that's probably not the time you want to look to move him. And and I think part of the deal with Summer is you have more time and there's less urgency to get deals done. But I think the flip side of it is there's more of a like reset. Mm-hmm. Not that his value would go all the way back to what it was last year where he was head scratchingly considered an equal for <laughs> Artemi Panarin, but uh, the GMs probably are going to be a little more willing to say, yeah, well, we know he's a good player. He'd probably have one tough year with yeah. high expectations coming back to Chicago and things didn't work out sort of thing. So um, I don't see the Blackhawks really doing anything. 
Uh, they're certainly not going to trade anybody to us in terms of like our <laughs> no, no, interest no, no. with them. So uh, unless there's some fringe younger guys that they can get rid of, mm-hmm. I was going to say Richard Panic, but I think they've already sent him to the Coyotes, right, for <laughs> Duquair. So yeah, um, yeah, I'd, I'd expect them to probably stay put. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they trade Sharp because I think they only signed him to one year. I don't know if they gave him anything as far as a clause or a trade. Yeah, or a trade. I don't. I haven't heard his name at all, so I could be completely off base. But I would think with someone that's only got a year and he's scored before, he's done all right before. <laughs> he scored know, goals in the what, NHL. That would be my selling point on AGM. Hey, remember Patrick Sharp used to be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I don't think they really have anything to trade with. I yeah, mean, they don't really have any young guys. Well, you don't want to be trading any young guys, anyways. But they did make a minor move trading Chris DiDomenico to the. Senators for somebody I don't even remember at the moment. That I think that happened today. Up, whoever that guy That'd be is. awesome if he did. He was a UFA. Uh, they don't have any really other UFAs. Tommy Wingles. I don't know if there's going to be any interest. If they could get a, like a low low pick for him, they'd probably take yeah. it. We'll take um, them. Yeah, Mister St. Louis, Michael Rosevall. I don't know. Yeah. Anton Forsberg maybe, but he's not. He's got two years left, and he's their starting goalie <laughs> right now. So, I just don't see a lot on that team that can move. And when you really look at the Blackhawks long term, on the bright side, Scotty Bowman. Uh, I mean, I don't really want a bright side, but on the bright <laughs> side for their fans, Scotty Bowman's a hell of a GM, and may be able to figure something out to kind of pull this team's fat out of the fire. But if he doesn't. And fast, it's going to be a long and ugly rebuild for a team that has bad contracts and yeah. top-heavy contracts on guys like Kane and Taves and Seabrook and Keith. Um, and, oh, Artem Anisimov making $4.5 million through 2020. Ugh. Uh, so that could be Brandon Saad, $6 million through 2020. That could be a long and slow climb out of the grave for the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> and... God help me if I'm not going to enjoy it. Um, we all will. Yeah, so good riddance for them. Why don't you tell us about the Colorado Avalanche? They are another interesting team. They are, what is this, three spots out of a wild card spot. Three in the spots US. and two points yeah. out of a wild card spot. 66 points uh, behind Los Angeles and Calgary before ever touching the wild card's positions. I don't know. You, I don't know. You can't really bias them. They're close enough. I mean, Minnesota's at 69. Colorado's at 66. You're mm-hmm. close enough, but I really... I don't understand some of these teams because the Blues have very rarely been in a position where they're trying to buy into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll be in the playoffs already and trying to buy to get better, but I think when you're out, it's kind of hard to sell. Like, we just need this to get in. Because yeah. if you don't, you're out assets, you're out young players, and you didn't and make you're the, out playoffs. Of the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe they look at what Tyson Berry can get them on the trade market. They have some young defensemen coming up. Mm-hmm. They've they've talked about that last summer, even I believe, about yeah. possibly trading them. Um, he has been talked about as a trade target forever. Yeah, <laughs> I think since before they had him. <laughs> I think maybe. If they can hold on, or they've held off falling pretty far with Nathan McKinnon being hurt. Mm-hmm. And now, is he back yet? 
Uh, I read today that he's supposed to be back Sunday. Okay, so maybe when he comes back, I know you don't want to rely on just one player alone, but he's had such mm-hmm. an amazing season. Maybe getting him back is just like a trade, really. Um, that might just catapult him enough to, you know, three, four, five, six more points that they're in the playoffs just with them alone. Yeah. They have uh, a couple interesting names, I would say, um, in terms of if they decide to sell rental pieces. Blake Como has is a UFA after the year. I know he's been a contributor for them, not a high-level guy, but could be a, a low-cost rental. Gabriel Bork, I think, would be more of a fringe fourth-liner kind of guy. Um, Niall Yakupov, oh. the off-traded Niall Yakupov, who's had an okay season for yeah. them. Um, not uh, He's he's always going to be labeled a bust yeah. for first overall pick, and with some good reason. Uh, but he's given them um, nine goals and seven assists in 50 games this year, which isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could have some interest from some teams, and he's a good like personality guy. And then Jonathan Bernier, their backup goalie, is a UFA after the year. I could definitely see them moving him um, if... Uh, if there's a team that needs a goalie, he's very well respected. He's got some, he's had some good games this year. So I could see him being moved to a team that needs either a backup or potentially a starter if they have an injury or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond those guys, I don't know that they have a lot of skin in the game. I could see them being a surprise team that makes a hockey trade, though, because I don't think they're that far off. No, I don't think so um, either. I was talking to our friend Jordan, who is an Avalanche fan, earlier today, and he, uh, I asked him, and he agreed that the um, Matt Duchesne trade kind of saved, or at least temporarily saved, Joe Sackett's job uh, as their <laughs> GM. He had not been looked very highly upon, but then he pulled off that basically f- solid fleecing. He fleeced two teams got in like a trade. Seven of, yeah, in seven or nine, some Good some Lord. ridiculous number. Um, including Samuel Gerard, who I know is really highly thought of as a young defenseman and some other players, and I think like four picks. Um, I think I wrote it down. Ottawa's first probably in 2019. Ottawa's third in 2019, and Nashville's second this year. Wow. Um, so they also have Vladislav Kamenev in that deal, who's a player who's been injured but is thought pretty decently okay. of as a, as a middle six kind of scoring forward. So... Uh, with that, with Nate McKinnon in place, Eric Johnson's been really good for a long time for them. Um, Gabriel Landeskog has kind of rebounded from the real doldrums. They have enough to like start being considered decent. Mm-hmm. And if some trade for, you know, I'm not saying they're going out there for Mike Hoffman, but if something like that happens where Ottawa says, hey, we really like, I mean, I don't think Ottawa's probably a good partner for them right now, but maybe Ottawa wants to recoup some of what the damage was done in that trade. <laughs> yeah, I would um, think so. Maybe something there can happen, but uh, I wouldn't bet on that necessarily moving forward. Uh, a team that's a little hard to figure out, too, is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I feel like we've started with a lot of the middle teams. Yeah. Um, it does seem to get better as we go down. <laughs> In the alphabet, yeah. they seem to get either Agreed. hard sell or hard buy. Yeah, exactly. Um, we they wouldn't be opposed to rentals, according to, um, according to uh, Bob McKenzie. 
Uh, but it's going to depend a lot on their record before the deadline. They've talked about, there's been talk about getting uh, trades for Alexander Winberg or Boone Jenner. I would kill to have Alex Winberg. I don't think, I think they'd be insane to trade him Mm -hmm. with his value as low as it is right now and as good as he was last year. I would probably say, gun to my head, that they don't do much. Uh, But what do you think? Do you think they're a team that makes moves? I like the one move that they will make, kind of like the Evander Kane thing, where it's like it's not a, it's not a if, it's a when. Is Jack Johnson? I think he, more or less, requested a trade. I think he's kind of gone back on saying like it's not that he needs to get moved out, but he mm-hmm. kind of had an ultimatum of like he wants to play higher yeah. up in their lineup. I think he gets moved. I don't know for how much they can really ask back for him. He's also not really. I mean. From what I know and from what I've seen, he's a worse Kevin Shattenkirk. Like mm-hmm. he's all offense, zero defense, and the offense isn't that good. Yeah, there's been talk sometimes of people even moving him to forward, a very Brent Burns sort of move, just to see what he looks like up mm-hmm. there. I think he's gone from the Blue Jackets. I just don't think they get much value for him, in all honesty. Especially when someone requests a trade, they kind of put the team that they're on under the gun, and don't really they don't really have much leverage anymore. They know that the other teams don't have to give back that much. That's the only guy I would think Boone Jenner would be great as a pickup too for the Blues or something. But like you had said, they've just his season, him and Winberg's season have both been so bad this year that they're just off the mark that they'd have to sell super low. That'd be great for us. I don't see them doing it. Yarmo Kekalainen, our old our old buddy Yarmo over there. I think it's a better GM than that to be selling on these guys. I think they're kind of like the Avalanche, too, where yeah. they might be having a worse season by comparison to what they had last year, but I don't think they're far off from being back to where they want to be. Agreed. I think they just got to ride out what they have. But a team who I think might actually be sellers, maybe or sellers, buyers, maybe our first bigger buyer. Is bigger the da- buyer. Bigger <laughs> buyer, the Dallas Stars. There's been talks of them wanting a scoring winger for like the past month now. Mm-hmm. And they've had links to uh, a couple different New York Rangers. Rick Nash, uh, Michael Grabner. There's not a lot of cap room on that team, though, so it makes it kind of hard. That was my uh, ceremonial dropping of something so, during the <laughs> podcast, by the way. So handsy. <laughs> um, I, th- I think this would be actually a perfect team for Rick Nash. I think you got yeah. Rick Nash's old coach from Columbus and Ken Hitchcock there. He'd probably knows that dude like the back of his hand would know exactly where to put him i think he fits man that guy would fit well with like a jamie ben and a tyler sagan that'd be a nuts line i now it's it makes more and more sense the more i talk about yeah. it yeah it's either that or michael grabner i think that team's already fast mm-hmm. we kind of saw that just this past uh friday they, they're just getting faster i think they're in a full buy mode i don't think jim nill their gm is crazy and gonna go nuts I don't think they have that many a deep prospect pool to deal from. They've got a few high-level guys, but I don't think it's overly strong. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to go and sell the moon for any of these guys, but I think it's something they're definitely doing more than kicking the tires on. I would bet they get some scoring help somehow. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, they have a, a lot of problems with the cap. Card uh, Lettinen <laughs> being paid almost $6 million through the end of the season. Jason Spezza is being paid $7.5 million through next season. Let's all remember when we wanted Jason Spezza over Paul Stastny yes. for a while. Oh, God. Well, and you and I were culprits as well, oh, to no, be for fair. Sure. Yeah. But, 
Uh, if you think Paul Stastny has underperformed a seven million dollar contract, try giving Jason Spezza seven and a half. <laughs> Only his laugh makes it worth it. <laughs> and if you, if you haven't heard it, you gotta YouTube it. Uh, Bob McKenzie described Jim Nill as, and I quote, not overly horny to swap first rounders <laughs> for rentals. So I don't think that's going to happen because Bob McKenzie apparently knows who's horny and who's not horny. <laughs> uh, but I think I think the stars will do something to bolster their chances. Uh, the Ken Hitchcock move was a strange win now move when they made it. And I know it was with the, you know, kind of handshake agreement that he'd get a higher up role in the organization when he decided to retire. And maybe that'll even be after this year now that he's probably passed Scotty or Al Arbor, whichever coach he was chasing down on on the wins list. Um, But they're probably going to try and make moves to win while they have them if they Mm -hmm. can. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe with this team we're about to talk about right now, which is the <laughs> Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they're an interesting team. Uh, McKenzie described them as open for business on several levels, but not a teardown project, which is the last thing I would want to hear if I was a Red Wings fan, but I'm not, so I guess good <laughs> for them. Um, they've got a lot of players that are in the rumor mills. Mike Green is as good as gone, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um there's rumors that he's he might as, even sign back, though, yeah, after he's traded yeah, the he's next a, year. He's as comparable to the Kevin Shattenkirk of last year as, as there is this year in terms mm-hmm. of scoring potent UFA who could potentially quarterback a power play. Um, he's probably worth about Certainly at least too. a sec could quarterback a second-line power play um, and maybe get a similar return for a little more experience, a little more playoff experience than Shattenkirk had. Um, so I think Mike Green will definitely be a player they move. There's too much value to keep him for a non-playoff run, especially if he has some incentive to come back there mm-hmm. and he's kind of on board with the move, you know. Um, they also have a surplus of wingers, uh, especially Thomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist, uh, who are kind of a scorer and a playmaker respectively, although each can do both. Um Gustav Nyquist has a full no-trade clause, uh, so that would be a hurdle to get over. Um, But both of those players are actually players I wouldn't mind the Blues taking a run at if the the, um, move was right. I'll look at their contracts now, but I know they both have a little bit of term. Mm -hmm. I think Nyquist has one year and uh, Tatar has more than one. but uh, yeah, Thomas Tatar is signed for five point three million through twenty twenty, um, and he is only twenty seven years old, so that's not necessarily unreasonable. And uh, Gustav Nyquist is signed for four point seven five million through next year. Uh, so either of those guys might be a nice addition to us, but they'd certainly be a nice addition to a number of other mm-hmm. teams as well. Um, Bob McKenzie was talking about these guys might cost as low as like a second round pick and a prospect, which again, if, if I could get Thomas Tatar for that, I would be really sniffing hard after it. I don't know how his stats (laughs) have been this season, Uh, but it's interesting to uh, think about for sure. And then the other level, the other issue that they have is um, 
their goalie goaltending mm-hmm. situation. They have both Peter Morazic and uh, Jimmy Howard. One of them has to go eventually, uh, but that may be a move they look at making in the offseason. I think uh, Morazic is an RFA mm-hmm. uh, this offseason, and McKenzie even talked about them possibly just letting him walk. Uh, you can just not um, qualify, I guess is the word, yeah. an RFA, and then they just become a UFA. And then somebody will sign him. It's not like he's a garbage goalie, but they don't have to like keep him under their roof. Uh, but with that said, if they can get good value for either one of them, especially for Mrazek, I'm sure they will do it uh, before the deadline. Tatar has 25 points this year, 15 goals and 10 assists. So other than the fact that he's a left-handed shot, which is not ideal um, for a team that has almost exclusively those, I, I, it's a player I'm interested in yeah. a little bit. Uh, so moving on to the Edmonton Oilers, I guess, unless yeah. you had something to add no, to the Red Wings. The, Detroit's got nothing of interest to me, really. <laughs> I don't really care for either of those two. Suck it, Detroit. Um, Edmonton Oilers, bigger name heard about as sellers. They're definitely sellers this year, which is weird to say when your what team's got McDavid. You got McDavid, you got Dreisaitl, and your sellers. Weird to think about. Mm-hmm. But they're selling Pat Maroon, which is even weirder to say. I don't know. It's such a weird team. Blues have been linked to Pat Maroon from St. Louis. Scrappy guy, big body, net front presence. Maybe need him here. All I mean, the buzz phrases. Yeah, that's what you'd what we need a little bit of, but I don't know if I'm buying Pat Maroon. I'm not convinced Pat Maroon's 20 goals or Pat Maroon's own 20 goals <laughs> is the problem. Yeah. Uh, I know that people say, well, he can score 20 goals alongside Connor McDavid, but I'm not sure I couldn't score 20 <laughs> goals alongside Connor McDavid, so I'm always a little iffy yeah. on him. To be I fair, know it would be a cool story to bring him back home, you yeah. know, where his uh, son is. We've, we've all seen probably the video of him uh, being sad about the fact yeah. that he couldn't see his kid as much during the season when he was here on the road trip last year. But um, To be fair, he's a playoff performer, though. Even when he was with the Ducks, he just kind of gets up for the playoffs, which is not something we have too much. Yeah, of here. we do need that. Not so that I'd take it. Not that I'm necessarily going for that. Uh, Mark Latestu, I believe, might be UFA this summer. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit older, but he's center depth. That might be something that maybe a Penguins look at. I know the Penguins will get to him eventually, but they're looking for some sort of center for a third or fourth line, and so Mark Latestu kind of fits that bill too. Other than that. There were rumors that maybe a Ryan Nugent Hopkins was getting traded to Ottawa for something else the other way. Maybe a Mike Ottawa? Hoffman. Yeah. That's strange. But I don't think that's going to happen. That would be the move they'd make. Ottawa, we talk about teams without direction. I think Ottawa's more confused about their future than any other yeah, team. Yeah, they just re-signed their GM. Yep. They just extended them. So I don't know what that is. Um, unless you have anything for Edmonton, I'll kind of leave you with the bomb that I have nothing for. That is the Florida <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, McKenzie basically, he talked for like, like 20 sentence. seconds about these guys. I felt bad for their fans. Uh, their fans. It's hard. <laughs> nice correction. <laughs> it's hard for me to talk. I'm, I weirdly like the Florida yeah. Panthers, and they're in a weird, unenviable position of kind of purgatorium almost in terms of they're not bad. Yeah. You couldn't say they're a bad team. Here's the thing about the Florida Panthers, and more specifically one specific player. I would trade, no questions asked, and they wouldn't do it. 
I would trade them Vladimir Tarasenko for Alexander Barkov. Oh, for like, sure. No question. For sure, yeah. They have one of the most underrated players on that team. Yeah. That anywhere else would be getting pressed and up just the butt. a bonkers contract. Yeah. Did you know he's making 5-9 through 2021 and really? maybe oh. further? <laughs> uh, yeah, Alexander Barkov is just a salivatory prospect. <laughs> They've had, they signed Evgeny Dadanoff from the KHL has had a really good season mm-hmm. there this year. It's weird. I would have thought Shipachov and Vegas, if one of those two, was yeah, yeah. Year, I would have thought it was him and here's Dadanov it's, doing way it's better. It's so strange that Vegas is still doing all this and like their arguably biggest move of the <laughs> off season didn't, was gone. <laughs> yeah. never did anything. I think he did get an NHL goal weirdly, no, but yeah. Um, in his one game he played. Uh, Huberdeau's there and vexatious what he really is. I don't know. They've got so many players that's that are valuable, uh, but who do people really want? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the situation is. Um, well, I think that you're they're talking anchored. about with Ottawa, they're just kind of, I don't know where they're going. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where exactly. they are. I don't know... Uh, to quote Bon Jovi, don't know where I'm going, only God knows where I've been, you yeah. know? So uh, they've got Keith Yanker, Keith, I almost said Keith Yanker, Keith Yandel there <laughs> to anchor them down. Um, made that long contract with Michael Matheson this summer, still have Roberto Luongo's contract. They've got a lot of questions is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe somebody wants Antti Niemi, who I guess is there now after his pinball around the league. I'm sure he could be traded to another I team. I think he might actually now be Has he already gone somewhere? I think he's on the Canadians. Did he get cut and signed by <laughs> yeah, the Canadians? he's been on like five He's on the Spotrack page, so God only knows. <laughs> um, Jared McCann's a UFA or RFA, excuse me, Colton Sevier, I think, signed an extension. Radom Verbata is the only player who, if somebody wants him, I'm sure they'll trade him. With that said, don't know where that team's going. I want them to go places. Mm-hmm. They've got good players like Nick Bugstad, and I'm in love with Alexander Barkov. Vincent Trocek is incredible. Mm-hmm. He's another, like, insanely underrated player. He's so, 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 so good. <laughs> and... uh who knows? You yeah. know, uh, I'd just toss it's a coin flip. They could do nothing at all, or I could see them being the team that just like surprises mm-hmm. everybody with like a like a Buke sad trade yeah. or whatever. They you could know? be in the playoffs next year and it wouldn't be a head scratch. I'd just oh, be no, like, no, oh, no. okay, yeah, there they finally are. that happened. I mean, I think we were calling them fringe contenders this year for yeah. playoff spots. So moving on a little bit, there's the LA Kings who already kind of made. Maybe not a big trade, but a bigger trade. They're kind of over the a hill big guys. Name trade yeah, at the very least. That's true. They traded uh, L.A. traded Marion Gaborik, Gabrick, Gaborik. I don't know. Gaborik, I guess. Yeah, but... and Nick Shore to the Senators for Dion Phaneuf and Nate Thompson, both of whom uh, Phaneuf and Gabrick respectively scoring in their first game with their new team, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I know that. L.A. had been looking at DM Phaneuf for over a year, supposedly. So mm-hmm. this was just, this almost stunk of, I guess, to them, uh, Jay Bomeister to us. It felt like we were linked to Jay Bomeister for a solid year before we traded for him. I don't know if L.A., if L.A. is a buyer. They sit now one spot out of a wild card position. They're right behind Calgary. They're 67 points. They're only two points out of that wild card spot. I, I, it's one of those weird ones. Do they buy I mean, maybe in this week we find out, yeah. you know. Uh, they've also been connected to a couple of different Rangers. So when we get to the Rangers... Who has <laughs> Yeah, we'll be talking about a hard sell. Um, they've been connected to Nash, uh, Zuccarello. 
I think both of those would be fine on that team. I still think of that team as this real big heavy team. I think of the LA Kings as having all the exact same players that they had when they beat us in the playoffs. Mm. And they have some of them for sure, but they're not quite the same team. I yeah. think it would behoove them to get a little faster. I think a Matt Zuccarello would be really good on that team. I'd hate to see him in the West. I'd like to have him on the Blues. I don't know what his contract <laughs> looks like, but I uh, I don't know. LA, I think, would be buyers, but other than that, I don't think they're trading anyone. And our favorite little line to say is uh, when people come back from an injury, it looks like a trade. It's just as good as a trade. Jeff Carter's... Doug Armstrong yeah. original, trademark, patent trade- pending. <laughs> Jeff Carter is going to be back, I think, in the next couple of weeks from, I think, a broken ankle, broken leg, something like that. Broken face, I don't Bro- know, <laughs> something, yeah. You broke your face. <laughs> um, that could be just enough to push him over the top, kind of like we were talking about with Colorado and McKinnon. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of teams who almost exactly may meet that same description, uh, the Minnesota Wild are in a pretty similar playoff standing. They're right behind uh, us. Yeah, they're right behind us, so they're a little more solid than the Kings are, but mm-hmm. they're not solid, solid yet, I would say. Um, they're going to be gun-shy about rentals, certainly, after trading oh, yeah. somehow a first and a second for Martin Hansel last year, and I just wrote down in my notes, HOW, <laughs> in all capitals. We knew that was bad at the time, yeah. right? Like, people were... And that I think, in hindsight, that's one of the things that made the Shattenkirk trade kind of disappointing oh, is because yeah, you sure. were looking around the league and you thought, Martin Hansel just got a first and a second, and you're getting me a first and, Zach, I've never heard of you, Samford, and we have to give up Phoenix Copley or whatever else we threw in there. Uh, Look how we had to do that for them. No offense to Zach Samford, who's back healthy now and playing with the Rampage, getting conditioned, so I hope we see him soon. But, prayers to him. Uh, <laughs> prayers up. Um, <laughs> so uh, Minnesota's not going to go out there and rip somebody. Uh, with that said, they've also got some young players who may be able to give them answers from within. Luke Kuhn and the uh, St. Louis kid who was drafted in this past past year's draft or two years ago? I think two, two years, years ago. ago yeah. um, two years ago was the St. Louis revolution in the draft, which seems like it was yesterday, but doesn't everything. Uh, <laughs> he could be ready to come up towards the end of the year, and so could Jordan Greenway, who's a college player who had a phenomenal world juniors and is currently playing for the U.S. in Pyeongchang. He's one of the few NHL-related players who gets mm-hmm. to uh, play in the Olympics, And I should mention, because I meant to mention it earlier, that Team USA captain Brian Gianta is garnering interest from NHL teams to make a return after his um, Olympic run is over. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not excited, but I, somebody <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> he's, he even insinuated there was a front runner right now. So who knows? Maybe it's the Blues. That would be the weird thing where Doug Armstrong wouldn't do anything, but he'd like, see, I got you, Brian Gianta. You know how you wanted? <laughs> That's like when you ask like a distant relative for like Halo 3, uh-huh. and then they show up with like a copy of like, Men in Black to the movie video game, <laughs> and they're like, it's just as good. The yeah. guy at the counter said that you shoot aliens in this too, and you're like, 
this isn't the same. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want this. Yeah, exactly. That's a very very apt comparison. I thank you for that. Uh, the, <laughs> wa- the Wild have a lot of injuries. It meant a lot to me whether it meant anything to our audience will remain to be <laughs> it's seen. It's just about us. Whether anyone's listening to us talk about the Minnesota Wild will remain Look, to be from seen. from the second best host to the first <laughs> best host. Aw, aw. I don't. I don't deserve that. Thank you. Though. <laughs> uh, but they have injuries they're dealing with. Jonas Brodeen just went down. Uh, Matt Cullen may be traded to the Penguins again, because why Take not? Back. <laughs> uh, and that's all I have to say about the Wild and their general manager, Chuck Fletcher, who is not related to Fletch from the Chevy Chase movie, as far as I know. <laughs> Good movie. <Amazing. laughs> I don't know how they... How they still have that guy. He's hasn't made awful moves, but they're always kind of puzzling and weird. And, you, and a first and a second for Martin yeah, Hazel. Yeah, like that alone's kind of like, maybe it's time for you to go. <laughs> like, this is getting weird. Maybe uh, you should be the GM for the Seattle Sound Hogs when they come. <laughs> Sound Hogs. I hope I'm so. I'm just going to change it to different S letter things the whole time. I want Seattle to be like the Sea Dogs. What's so weird like uh, S car? Sonora? Is that a Sonora. <laughs> Seattle Sonoras? Uh, we were talking Sonatas. About, there we oh, go. Yeah. We were talking about Chuck Fletcher being a weird GM. An even weirder GM is Mark Bergevin of the Montreal Canadiens. There are some names there to look at that mm-hmm. might be getting moved. Uh, Max Pacioretty was linked to the Blues for a while. Thomas Volcanic, I think, is probably gone. Not here, though. Except apparently Claude Julien loves him. And he wow. loves Claude Julien and his Great. two hair follicles. Like, I've heard they might re-sign Volcanic, and that kind of makes me wonder why. Apparently, Habs fans are just apoplectic about that possibility, too. Like, that's what I mean. Why, why, why bring him back? I just don't get it. I don't know. Uh, Apoplectic means they don't like it, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for that. They don't get it. And they were like, well, they really love me. And they're, they're like, oh. Me. He's throwing these big words at me. He's trying to confuse <laughs> me. He's trying to trip me up. I'm not even doing it I've on purpose. I've had one Michelob light I'm just beer. a douchebag. <laughs> Michelob uh, Ultra. ultra light. <laughs> yeah, I owe you an extra 50 cents. Um... <laughs> I think Bob McKenzie mentioned in his podcast that some of the talk between St. Louis and Montreal has kind of died down. We've heard much less Which about means that. we're definitely getting that price. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, Patrick. I would just leave I don't even my know mind. if I want it, but I'd be like, great, good. I just want to just some change weird... everything. Just swap teams. Yeah. I suppose. At we... least you'd have to get used to all the Canadians' problems for a while, know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Starting fresh. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know if they move patches. I think that's the one guy that the asking price being kind of high for at least makes sense. He's said, what, four or five 30-goal seasons? Mm, like, row, I think. If you're asking for a first, a really good prospect, and a roster player, I can't really fault you Which for is that. supposedly also the asking price for Evander Kane. Yeah, that's way, supposedly which... that's what it is for everybody. I know you have to start high in like a negotiation. How high, though, <laughs> really? <laughs> I know, that's what I mean. Don't you roll your eyes at the other gym like, geez, give come me, on, guy. Give me two months of a crappy asshole in a Vander Kane for jo- Jordan Cairo, a first-round pick, and Vladimir Savoka. Sure. I'm like, Why? That seems fair. Yeah, Montreal, we talked about Price possibly being linked and moved out, but I don't think that's happening either. I don't think that's ever actually going to happen. No. They they put too much money down on that. Yeah, I don't know. That's... They are upside down on that mortgage, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might be sellers. I just don't know if their asking price goes down on anybody. Yeah, I agree. Tom, 
Uh, I think Mark Vershavam will do something stupid. He'll either <laughs> yeah, he'll either sell sure. Max Pacioretty way too low, or he'll be like, "Surprise! It was Brendan Gallagher. We were going to move this whole time, suckers, or whatever." I'll be, if they or they'll trade guy, Shea Weber so again, or whatever. I don't know, but the, it, something stupid is going <laughs> to happen, and it's going to be Mark Vershavam's fault. We just don't know what yet. I'll trade to get Alex uh, Radulov oh, back. No. I don't know. Do you think they have board members that try and like keep him away from the phone? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, try and tie him up. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, but who knows? They're going to do something. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it is. Speaking of players, teams that meet that exact description, we're finally to one of the super buyers yeah. of this <laughs> podcast. The Nashville Predators. Gross. Who uh, showed their medal by embarrassing us last week? Not that it takes much, <laughs> and are going into their second playoff uh, after having reached the Stanley Cup final last year and fallen to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Bob McKenzie said, and I think correctly, that they have every reason to go all in at the deadline. Uh, they need a goal scoring win- winger. Um, Rick Nash would make a lot of sense there, mm-hmm. too. He's uh, he's had a really kind of rejuvenating season, I think, and has played better than he has in a little while. Uh, but I think the case, I think with any Rick Nash trade, a team's going to have to ask if Nash is actually a better fit for Michael Gra- than Michael Grabner, who might be less expensive yeah. to acquire and is certainly less expensive cap-wise. Uh, so that's a question the Predators will be asking as well, the Kings and whoever else might be interested in Nash. Um, I don't know that they're uh, well positioned to do the big hockey trade for the Hoffman or the Patches mm-hmm. uh, as much as they want to believe they are. Uh, Patches is the aforementioned Max Patch already. Um, <laughs> that's how that's how a, a journal article would say it. He's Put a it in of the for show. A, in, yeah, um, but uh, they have uh, their young prospect. I can't think of his first name. Tolvanen, something mm-hmm. Finnish. Euro Jorko. Jorko Tolvanen. I think it's Eli. Eli Tolvanen. Yeah. Whatever. He's very good, well thought out prospect, and I hope they give him away for. Uh, somebody it might make up for the Martin Hansel for Philip Forsberg nightmare <laughs> that's still haunting us, but uh, I doubt they let him go. Mm-hmm. And without doing that, maybe they'd look at moving like a Kevin Fiala or somebody or a young defenseman, but they already moved Gerard. So without doing any of that, they've already kind of added uh, the other senators <laughs> center Turris. whose name is Kyle Turris. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I can tell you, usually I think of him, but we would have sat here all night and never would have come up with Kyle Turris, so I'm glad you had it. Um, they're going to do something, I'm pretty confident, and probably something significant, yeah. whether it's a rental, whether it's Kane, Nash, Max Pacioretty, or Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Not uh, the real Hoffman, but Dustin Hoffman. The what? rain man himself. Yes. Uh, they are going to add, I would put like a, an 80% chance on them adding one of those four mm-hmm. guys. And if not them, somebody else. <laughs> do you have anything to add on them, or do you want to move on to the exciting New Jersey Devils? <laughs> like, I, I also just realized that alphabetically you get the Rangers, which I'm very upset about. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'll talk at length about the Rangers yeah. when we get there. So let's just scream on by the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> um, this is a team, I, I don't mean to toot, 
our horn or your horn or anyone's horn here, but like Bob McKenzie did have some things he said on this podcast that just made enough sense that I was thinking, hey, I, that's what I thought about this team. <laughs> um, but New Jersey Devils kind of seemed like a no-brainer. This is a team that I don't think expected to be this good this year. Oh, not at all. <laughs> I, they, I don't know. They slightly strike me as a possible... Um, Florida next year or were like an avalanche from the ear. They skyrocketed Mm -hmm. in the playoffs and then dropped out. I don't necessarily think that might be the case, but I wouldn't go selling any or buying anything Mm -hmm. for them yet. I wouldn't sell anything either because they're pretty young and up and coming team. That's kind of feels like a just ride it out. See what this team gets you. Throw a dart at the dartboard and lands wherever it is, and you might be able to learn what you need next time around. Maybe it was, you know veteran leadership or net front presence mm. or any of those other buzzwords. Because when you think about the Devils, can you name, I don't know, seven Devils players? I'm going to give it a go. Adam okay. Larson, Corey Schneider, Nico Heischer. Adam, who? Taylor Hall, Corey like... <laughs> Schneider, and Nico Heischer. <laughs> we started off on the wrong foot. Travis Zajac, Damon Severson. Wow. That's a okay. Yeah. Kyle, I like so. Somebody's I'm forgetting somebody. I think Kyle, I don't know why I'm confirming Kyle, these. Paul, Mary, yeah. and somebody else. It's not easy. Who did I forget? Somebody obvious. Did you say Sammy Vatnin? No, I didn't. There I meant to. I and uh, what's his name? Will Butcher. There's eight. There's Boom. eight whole devils. But we you can't so like good. you can't <laughs> look at this team and be like, look at these guys who are obviously the reason they're mm-hmm. thriving. Will Butcher's been great for them. McKenzie talked about how the Will Butcher and Alexander Kerfoot actually ended up being kind of a trade because they were both college free agents that the Avalanche and the Devils respectively couldn't sign, and they ended up going to the other team. That's so weird. But not intentionally, just happened, you know. Uh, but I think they're, they'd be just unwise to make a big mm. move at this point in time which I think also applies to New New York Islanders. Uh, They're not going to sell John Tavares. They should sell John Tavares, but they won't sell John Tavares. Yes, and with a sign-in trade, preferably. Uh, (laughs) They won't sell John Tavares. They don't have other players that I think people are, like, dying to get their hands on. Um, They've had some injury uh, problems, too. Garth Snow, their general manager, is not known for doing much at the deadline anyway. He is known for being stupid, though. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. But not in the deadline. They've got uh, Boychuk and Kuhleman who are back, or who need to come back from Mm -hmm. injury. I'm going to give their roster a little look-see and just (laughs) kind of see if they have anyone besides John Tavares who I'd be interested in as, like, (laughs) any sort of GM. I thought you were going to raid it. Do you have the standings up? Because what's their... They're not in a spot right now, I they wouldn't think. Are mm, oh, they are in the last wild card spot in the East. They okay. Have let's see, what is this? Oh, I moved everything over. They have a certain number of points that it won't tell me. So, to uh, build on that, Kuhlman, Bailey, and Jason, Josh Bailey, and Jason Chimera are all UFAs who I would think would garner some interest. Uh, but if they're in playoff spot, they're not going to be selling UFAs unless they're smart, which they're not. Um, <laughs> Calvin DeHaan's a UFA, very good young defenseman. Um, 
and uh, Yaroslav Halak, who just had like a 50-save shutout or something the other mm-hmm. day, is a UFA. He just won't go away. No, good for him. I mean, that's why I, I don't... Yeah. I still have the poster. I still admire the guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of strange. I thought he was real done for a while yeah. there. Um, this is a team that's going to look drastically, dramatically different next year if... John Tavares doesn't stay, which I think is unlikely. If that guy leaves, you just you've got good you, pieces, but you just you start tear it over. down. Yeah, I you think gotta, like, I don't know over. how you don't. I mean, he's he hasn't really carried them to relevance, mm-hmm. and he's John freaking Tavares, <laughs> you know. So I would say that's a teardown coming if they can't keep him, mm-hmm. and I don't think they can keep him. But I don't think Gar Snow is going to be reasonable about any of that this year mm-hmm. and make trades accordingly. I think they'll probably stand pat and do nothing or add like a low-cost rental piece to say, hey, we tried to make one last run with Tavares, and maybe Pat Maroon goes to the Islanders. I don't know. That seems like it makes sense. <laughs> he can he can coattail John Tavares just as easily as he can <laughs> coattail Connor McDavid. Uh, so... Let's move on to the much more exciting New York team, shall we? Yeah. Shall we? Unless you have anything to oh, add. Oh no, on the, I want to do the New York Rangers. Gordon's Fishermen's. I want those jerseys back, by the way. Oh, for the Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring them back when they have their new their new uh, digs. Do you know next year that they're going to play a huge chunk of games at their old stadium yeah. that's been renovated? Yeah. And they're like slowly going to phase out. Barclay, but then they're going to go to their new stadium that's currently being built. Imagine having to look up where your team was playing its home games. I know. <laughs> like, you, all of a sudden, the Blues are at, like, the St. Charles Family Arena yeah. tonight. Like like, you oh, you okay. drive up to Barclay Center or take a taxi because nobody drives, and <laughs> nothing's happening, and you're like, wait, what? And then you're like, ah, oh, crap. i got to go to Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> Hopefully I can catch over time. Yeah, I'll catch the train. I don't know how... The trains are up there. They I'll have... catch the biplane. <laughs> the bi- very, very <laughs> apt. Uh, the New York Rangers That's are three times we've said apt tonight. You got to take a drink if you're oh, drinking yeah. anything. I gotta find new words. Like, <laughs> no, I've said apt too. We both did it. They're good. But on your I phone. also said uh, agitated or what apoplectic. So you know, <laughs> so keep it balanced. Is. Uh, New York Rangers Welcome full back, sell folks. mode. Uh, sell, sell, sell. Do you want scoring wingers? You got Rick Nash, Michael Grammer, <laughs> David DeHarnay. You want a defenseman? You got a Ryan McDonough supposedly on We'd, on the trade. We block. need to get like Vince Offer or somebody to do like a New York Rangers yeah. infomercial. Oh, Look, the... we got all the things you can want. <laughs> right, wipe Rick Nash on your car. Bam, Queen. Car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're ha- we're in the middle of this episode. If people made it this far, they're just gonna keep listening. Yeah, there was a Buffalo. One of these, like on YouTube, like four or five years ago, <laughs> and I want to say that's when they did. Buffalo have Brian Elliott? No, no, the Ottawa did. They had Brian Buff- Miller, or maybe it was Ottawa. Anyway, someone had a thing. I, maybe it was Ottawa because they were like, "Do you need? Do you need experienced goalies? Our both our goalies play every night." And I was like, <laughs> "That's fantastic!" <laughs> oh, that's goodness. awesome. Um, I, they've got everyone: Matt Zuccarello, Chris Kreider, J.T. Miller, Kevin Hayes. Some of these are a little more maybes. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing about that for a while. <laughs> Hayes, Miller, Kreider, those are kind of iffy. Kreider's coming back from uh, injury, too. But Zuccarello, I mean, I'd say McDonough, their captain, their defenseman, kind of a Petrangelo captain, really, if we're being honest with ourselves. Um, By which we mean he has a plain face. <laughs> uh, might get moved. Uh, Ryan McDonough would be a great defenseman, maybe, if you're looking for 
kind of your all-around guy versus a Mike Green, if you're in the market for that at all. Uh-huh. It sounds like I'm trying to sell people a car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what kind are you looking at? I have David DeHarnay written down here. His last name is not spelled even close to correctly, but I spelt it phonetically. It's D-A-Y-H-A-R-N-E-H. You know what? I did look at this. Yeah. So, uh, just because I'm glad of myself, D-E-S-H-A-R-N-A-I-S. That's not Dijon's. It's not Dijon's. I knew it. That had a sounds J. like the cross between Dijon and uh, man, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure would be delicious. Moving on. Um, I'd say I just named eight players. I bet you four of them are gone. Not at the deadline, but uh, by. July 1st of the summer. Oh, certainly. By Rick that. Nash is gone for sure. Michael Grabner, for sure. David Darnay, probably. I'll say Mazzucarello, too. Because they starting over. We talked about it last podcast. They sent out a lot of their fans. Um, they're, they know they stink, and they're yeah. going to start over, more or less. So I want to make one point before we move on to the captivating Ottawa Senators, <laughs> and that is this. I don't think the Blues are in send the letter to the fan and phone it in mode. But Bob McKenzie described their process on his podcast as, let's go player by player through our roster, see what their value is on the open market, and see what their worth is to us, and figure out where to go from there. And I honestly am to the point where I kind of wish the Blues would do that. I love Vladimir Tarasenko. I really do. Let's not even say Tarasenko because that's too controversial. Jaden Schwartz. I like Jaden Schwartz a lot. What can we get for Jaden Schwartz? Does he know? Like, I want to know that Doug Armstrong knows. And if it's not reasonable, fine. Keep Jaden Schwartz. (laughs) But I just kind of like, we've read a lot. Uh, If you're an athletic subscriber, congratulations. If you're not, you're a fool. Uh, (laughs) But if you are, uh, JR, Jeremy Rutherford, the Boys Beat reporter who we love and adore, had a, a mailbag posted today. And he didn't, I mean, he just let loose. I have never seen a beat reporter talk as honestly about a team. That was pretty amazing. Um, and when you talk about, you know, there was that controversy with Nashville in uh, the Vegas Golden Knights that we talked about months ago about how some stupid journalistic bias thing yeah. where the Nashville people got all butthurt <laughs> about it. We should have brought back butthurt or not butthurt right. to that. But, um, uh, there's a way to have journalistic integrity and still have passion. I think JR did that pretty well in this. Uh, but he just basically talked about somebody asked him if missing the playoffs would wake this team up and would be ultimately a good thing. And he basically said, no, because nothing's waking this team up because they say in the same bull crap every year. And then they trot back out in October with as little motivation as they had before. <laughs> and it's all the same crap. And you could even see him pulling out what little hair he had almost at the keyboard. Sorry, JR, if you're listening, which of course you're not. Friend of the show. <laughs> but um, you could, you could almost see through and he almost said it at a couple points of like, I keep getting the same answers. As a reporter, it's frustrating just to like always hear, okay, we got to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I can never be like, you friggin' said that last week, Alex. You friggin' <laughs> Steen or Petrangelo, whichever one you did, you know? Um, so read that if you haven't. My point is, there's something wrong with the soup, as we talked about last yeah. week. Uh, and that kind of approach intrigues me for the Blues because we've got. 
tons of talented players. There's no question about that. Mm. But I don't know that we have the right mix and it might be better to get value for them now than wait three years of suffering and then get value for them. Yeah. You know? So not going to happen, but I just thought I'd dwell on that for a minute. I didn't expect to get as fired up as I did. <laughs> Moving on. Maybe it woke up those of you who are currently in the 11th hour of our podcast. Um, we've probably only got like a third of the league left. The Ottawa Senators and their general manager, Pierre Dorian, recently extended general manager, the best general manager in hockey. Everyone says so. Um, No, they don't. (laughs) They're in a pretty fluid situation uh, in the sense that they're not sure what's going to happen and nobody's sure what's going to happen. It's been pretty certain for months now that Mike Hoffman would be traded, and now that's not certain at all. There's a lot of talk that maybe he stays. Now Derek Broussard's name is in the rumor mill. They're sellers one week, then they're not so sellers the next week. Who knows what's happening? <laughs> Eric Carlson, similar to the John Tavares thing, if he leaves, you're done. Just start yeah, over just again. Much so move the team. <laughs> really. I don't know, honestly, what they're gonna do. I think they're gonna do a lot. I think they're maybe kind of a linchpin in the whole like trade deadline situation. Mm-hmm. And as an aside, maybe it's just because we're cover like almost you know covering hockey now as a podcast. We we're paying more attention. I didn't want us to when we're the media. Look, I didn't want to imply that we had any sort of credentials, but uh, yeah, look, we've done thirty. This is technically our thirtieth podcast, but it's well thirty first if you count the random we have like podcast, common law which went wonderfully last week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> common law credentials. I love it. Uh, but I don't remember a deadline recently where, like, as much could happen. Mm. I don't remember. Because, like, when has there ever been a deadline where a team, both teams, like, the Rangers and Senators, both were potentially yeah. being like, okay, let's sell the whole farm, you know? Most of the time, it's a team that's already been bad for so long, you just don't care. It's Arizona yeah. going, we're going to sell. And, like, yeah, you said that you the last five You don't even have years. pieces to sell, yeah, you know? I don't care. Like, that's the thing that's tantalizing about the Rangers is they've got a playoff roster mm-hmm. that they're basically like, yeah, but it's not working. we got to sell. So, like, there's people are going to be interested in, like, exactly. 12 to 15 players on that team, you know? Um, and when they've openly said it could be anybody, you never know. So... With that said, Senators are up in the air. Definitely going to trade Johnny Oduya. Uh, Always a trade deadline move. Yeah, he's <laughs> got to be traded somewhere. Uh, who has Lee Stepney? I was now? just going to ask. Is he a hurricane? He's still okay. a hurricane. Well, They're going to trade he's him gone. for sure. <laughs> he's gone. He's got to be. He's stayed in the oh, same place for two years. Las Vegas needs to grab that Lee <sighs> Stepney, baby. Always got to happen. For those of you newer to the show, we started this podcast on the assumption that Lee Stemiak would be the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. It just seemed right. And we're going to ride that train into the station because nobody's been named captain, so it could still be Lee. Let's go, Knights. GM McPhee, get it done. But with all that said, who knows what Ottawa's going to do, but I think they're going to be involved in a lot if there Mm -hmm. is a lot that happens. I think one of the moves there, one of the first big moves that happens there is going to be, they're going to be one of the early moves, I should say, and that's going to sort of open the floodgates. I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for my floodgate move. Yes, it's I agree. super annoying. I just want to see Rick Nash got moved because I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, but leave it all to the deadline day so we can enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. A lot of stuff tends to happen. I got to ask my day. boss for that day off, by the way. He's going to go now. 
I'm going to kill him. <laughs> um, what is it, Monday? Is it next yeah. Monday? Mm-hmm. Let's do it, baby. Anyway, go on. I was going to say, a team that I don't think is going to do jack is the Philadelphia Flyers. Which is weird to say, because the Philadelphia Flyers aren't a playoff spot. They are in third in the Metropolitan. Only two points behind Pittsburgh. And only five points behind Washington? What happened? Like, why? <laughs> okay, maybe I'm changing things. I don't know what they want, but Philadelphia is doing better than I thought. That's kind of a cramped metro, though. They've got two teams on their heel or on their heels in New Jersey and the Islanders, so mm-hmm. they could kind of be anywhere. They're, I don't know, they're a team that's not quite as young as maybe like a Hurricanes, but they strike me as the same sort of thing where it's like you've got guys of value that you're not going to sell because you're obviously in a playoff spot, but you don't really have anything to buy with either or nothing where you would want to sacrifice this youth that you kind of have in your mini rebuild to sort of leapfrog and hope Mm -hmm. for the cup this year. This is another team that I don't know if they... They do have your Latera. Oh, yeah. I think that should be emphasized. Does he have another year left on that thing? I think so. I think he's got next year. God almighty. If you're the fly... If you're... How did that happen? <laughs> okay, go no, on. No one knows. I don't want to go too far out the rails. What were you going to say? If this? you're Ron Hextall, try and trade your wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for what. Plane tickets. Mike Hoffman. <laughs> gumbo. A shoe. I don't, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they want. I think they'd be fine standing pat. I don't know if anyone would hold that against them because I think they're kind of like a Florida where... If they don't make the playoffs next year and look terrible, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this team really is or where they're headed. They've got some, you know, high offensive talent in Giroux and Voracek and Simmons. And then they've got some younger guys, too, and, oh, God, Travis. Skonecki? Konecki, not Skonecki, <laughs> New York. It doesn't even start with an S. Um, Nolan Patrick, Nol- Shane Gostisbury, yeah. those guys. So yeah. they kind of have a little gap between sort of old guard, new guard, and mm-hmm. I think it's working for them. I don't know if I'd want to do anything necessarily. I don't, yeah. I don't see a hole. I don't really watch Philadelphia that much. So The only thing I'd say for them is if they wanted a rental, they do have first two first-round picks this year with ours, mm-hmm. assuming it doesn't end up being top 10, which is unlikely. Um, but I, I guess if they traded it to somebody, the condition goes with it. So... <laughs> Um, it's dropped off. Yeah, but um, in any case, they might be well positioned to make a move, but they obviously also wanted those two picks at some point, so mm-hmm. I would think they'd probably hold Pat, um, which is not to be the case for the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> uh, Bob McKenzie described them as in whatever it takes for winning three cups in a row, which honestly kind of surprised me. I don't know. I, I'm just so desperate for one cup <laughs> that I wouldn't think about, like, don't you got to sell the farm yeah. for a third don't you one. you hate that line? Whatever uh, it takes for that third yeah. in a row. Uh, but, I know, Penguins. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> McKenzie dwelled for a while on how big an accomplishment that would be in the cap era, and he's certainly right. And I kind of have gotten over hating the Penguins. I mean, I'm tired of them. For don't now. get me wrong. But... Um, I admire what they've done. I admire Sidney Crosby. Um, But with all of that said, they don't have a lot of room to do much so that their whatever it takes looks different than other people's whatever it takes might look, and they have to kind of make dollar-for-dollar deals if they're going to make trades. Mm -hmm. So um, who knows what they're actually going to be able to do. I've even heard them wink to Vladimir Saboka once or twice. If they want him, I'll take sure. Malkin. I'll give Ian Cole back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Evgeny Malkin, sure. Um, 
So, I mean, they'd love to add a second or third line quality center, probably a third line. Um, and they've looked at John Gabriel Pajot in Ottawa and Eric, Eric, Mark Wotestu mm-hmm. in Edmonton. Neither of those gained a lot of traction. I'm certain the Penguins will do something before the deadline. I just don't know what it is. Do you? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. I'm maybe Matt Collin. Maybe just yeah. get Matt Collin back. Yeah. Although I think they really need a third line center, if anything, and he's not really your third line center. He's your dad on the fourth line. Apparently they call him dad. Yeah. Which has got to be nice. I don't know. That sounds kind of deeply mean. insulting. Yeah, that's, that's what I would take it as. Uh, speaking of deeply insulting, the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> We're crushing the transitions <laughs> tonight, folks. <laughs> They've insulted me and with their existence. Uh, there's barely that been weird like teal, whatever color they use. They're kind of like though. I like their new ones. If you've ever seen the ones they came to the league with, I get it's a product of the times. Like, good God, some like a twelve year old drew that shark. <laughs> it's like really round edges, yeah. and it's really weird looking. Um, Sharks have barely been mentioned in like any trade rumors this year, and they always seem to at least have like a one or two little moves because they're always in the playoff picture. And they currently are actually they're second in the Pacific, but I mean they're ten whole points behind Vegas. The Anaheim's right at their heels. I mean the, that's not a solid spot that they're in necessarily. Yeah, I don't know if they move anything. I don't think they do. Um, I believe Bob McKenzie said that it's Doug Wilson there, the GM. That's more of a uh, hockey trade sort of guy, so I don't think they're going out and getting any sort of rentals. I know Rick Nash. Rick Nash, again, linked to another team that they were kind of looking for a scoring winger, and mm-hmm. his name was there a little bit. San Jose is a weird team because I'll normally pay attention to teams sort of as we play them, kind of look them up and figure out what they've done, and we won't, we don't play them till Tuesday for the first time this year. Yeah, that's We play true. them three times in the next like month and a half. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what's been going on with them. I know a lot about their 2015-2016 playoff roster, though, so that's good. (laughs) Yes, for those of you who don't know why we're saying that, please uh, subscribe to the Rapcast, the Random Ass Podcast on iTunes, where we were guests this week. Very thankful to the guys over there who had us, uh, and you hopefully will listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's a little teaser. I think it was fun, and you will find out why we know so much about the 2000-whatever, 13-14 Sharks. And less about other less about (laughs) Less about Blues history. Um, (laughs) Moving on, uh, from one Doug GM to another, except, no, we're not going to do that, because we're going to save the best, and not, like, in any actual uh, quantifiable sense, (laughs) uh, for last... Uh, we'll talk about the the Blues more extensively towards the end. Um, Another tease. Yes. Look, we're just teasing everybody. He's moving to Steve Eiserman, whose name is not Doug. Uh, <laughs> You're right about these transitions. Tampa Bay is a team that's going to do something. Maybe something big. Maybe several things big. McKenzie, uh, McKenzie, <laughs> Bob McKenzie, Mom McKenzie said, I'm not sure what defenseman Tampa Bay is going to get, but they're getting one. I bet the farm on that. Uh, their window's wide open, as he says. Kucherov is there. He's not going anywhere. He has a year left on his deal. They'll find a way to extend him. He'll make double digits, I'm sure, after mm-hmm. that. Um, they may look at Jack Johnson and Mike Green as options, but they're doing their due diligence on everybody, including Ryan McDonough and Cody Cece, who is not a name I think we've mentioned tonight, but is a guy that's been considered a possible trade candidate because who in Ottawa hasn't been considered a possible trade candidate? Um, they, 
are in a group, according to McKenzie, with uh, themselves, Pittsburgh and Nashville, who are the will-do-anything group, who are the big, like, you're going to see these people compete and maybe answer each other kind of in the moves they make in terms of uh, competing and being the kind of probably the top three contenders for the Cup this year. And God willing, just please let Tampa get there because I, as much as I said I admire the Penguins, I don't admire them enough to win a third Cup. Please (laughs) let them lose to the whoever's in the first round. Um, So do you have anything more to say about Tampa Bay? I mean, I think they're going to be active. I think um, Mike Green would be like, a fantastic fit yeah, down there. They strike well. me as he's he's done better to become a better two way defenseman. But mm-hmm. I think the offense is still there, and I think on that team it would really click. I was wondering though, just a minute ago, just kind of in you know daydream land. I wonder if they have the stuff and the cojones to like <laughs> pull off an Eric Carlson trade. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they got the money. And I don't know about cap space. Yeah. I was thinking maybe he was on kind of a smaller contract, but he probably had a pretty good second contract. But if they did that, that would be just like mind blowing. <laughs> That'd be interesting for the year. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I was thinking. If they get him as a rental, is he up this summer or next? next summer? I next think. Summer. Yeah. If they got him for that little moment in time and we're able to make it work then i could see it for sure i guess yeah. i was thinking more like keep him long term like i don't know how you do that with him and hedman and kucherov and Stankos. oh keeping him long term yeah, yeah they wouldn't but if they wanted to like load Ooh, up that'd be fun can you imagine hedman uh, and carlson as yeah. either a line or your two quarterbacks i'm not a big fan Ooh, that'd be hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a big fan overall of like the nba but i gotta say some of the like just super team yeah. movement thing is kind of fun from an outsider. Oh yeah, for sure. For only tuning in once a year, yeah, or ten times a year, you only have to watch like two games to only see all the a stars. Bunch of monsters. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the monsters, <laughs> uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs—they sapped the. Uh, That's the key, will folks. You just got to take the last word and say. And speaking of. <laughs> Who'd they sap? They sap Don Cherry of all of his <laughs> will to wear wit. fantastical yeah, I suits. Like, I don't think he was that good a player. And be a misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> They're all misogynists now up in Toronto. Uh, Toronto again. I think I've hit like two of these, two or three of these teams. This is a team that I'm sure wanted to be this good this year, but didn't think they were going to be as good as they were last year. They're mm-hmm. kind of ahead of schedule, and they've played so well that. I don't know if they need anything. They might look for a defenseman. They've been linked to Mike Green, too, as a possible candidate because they really just have a top four there rather than a top two or where, you know, mm-hmm. some, there's a overall number one defenseman for them. They've been linked to a few different forwards, but I don't think anyone has really stuck. I think at one point they had Nash just for the year as a rental, and mm-hmm. that's kind of got turned down. I would really like to see them grab a uh, defenseman them kind of being my like informal second team just because I listen to Steve Dangle enough that I hear these players names all the time so then I'm like well I guess I care about this team (laughs) Um, Jack Johnson they talked about I was like don't do that to your team I would think you could do a Mike Green and make it work he might end up going back to Detroit but next year I was gonna real quickly make a Jack Johnson 
the singer joke, and then I realized I don't know any Jack Johnson stuff. So. I don't know. He's like a beach. I was bum. gonna say your mo- body is a wonderland, but that's the other douchebag. So, <laughs> yeah. See, they're they're all interchangeable. Suffice to say, Toronto will not be trading for John no. Mayer. This is <laughs> very deadly. Um, I don't know if you have anything else on Toronto, but yeah, that that team feels to me like it's almost complete ish. Yeah, there might be like a piece away. Mm-hmm. Which will be interesting to see if they ever make a move for that down the road because eventually some of these younger guys are going to have to one or two at least move because you're not going to be able to sign Nylander, Marner, and Matthews all long term. Probably not. Yeah. Um, a couple things I'll say on them. Uh, McKenzie described them as having a Shanna plan in place, which he couldn't say, but I can. So suck it, McKenzie, <laughs> <laughs> with their uh, president Brendan Shanahan, who I guess is. Higher than Lou Lamorello, although I assume Lou Lamorello is also really expect, respected as well. He's mm-hmm. one of the older GMs in the league, and God, is he old. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think everything you said is right. The one thing I mentioned, and we'll talk about the details more, but they did obviously just trade us Sashnikov, mm-hmm. which the reason they did that was primarily to queer a contract spot on their roster because they had 50 contracts so that they could theoretically acquire a rental Mm -hmm. um, for just picks, you know, and so that they could clear that spot so that they could add somebody, basically. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them follow up on that. Um, But as you mentioned, it's really going to be interesting. They've been linked to John Tavares a lot because he's from uh, Ontario. I guess he's from Toronto specifically. Yeah, Uh, yeah, right. Is it? Are they in Ontario? They are, right? Yeah. Okay. I just, that doesn't make sense to me. As good as John Tavares is, I would just stick with the young core you have. And if you get John Tavares, you got to trade one of those guys like Manya, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, I would rather see what may come with uh, Austin Matthews and William Nylander and uh, Mitch Marner and Timothy Lilligren and you've got Patrick Marlowe. I just don't know how you add his money in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to keep all those guys long term. Uh, but with that said, if there's a will, there's a way. And Toronto is even more desperate for a cup than St. Louis. So they've, they've waited the same length of time. And it does it does summer in Toronto, which has to be insulting. <laughs> so I could understand it from that right perspective. Down the street. <laughs> but, yeah, imagine if you were just hanging. Like, imagine if the Lombardi Trophy just spent its days in Philadelphia before this year. Yeah. And they were just like, why? It's not ours, but yeah. it's there, you know? Imagine if the Stanley Cup was in, uh, what was that, Car- or the uh, Baseball Village, whatever, Cards Village. Oh, yeah, whatever. Ballpark ba- Village. Ballpark Village. <laughs> we were getting there. We were just sitting Zeroing there. in on it, yeah. And you're like, there it is. Hi. <laughs> like, but Bye. it's never ours. <laughs> You walk in circles around it looking for the Blues team. Oh, wait, it's not there. <laughs> Although Toronto's at least had it historically. Mm-hmm. Um, Vancouver Canucks, not much to say here. They're sellers, but what are they going to sell? Jim Benning also just recently extended, also inexplicably extended. Yeah, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, some controversy surrounding specifically Eric Goodbranson. Uh, I just thought I'd emphasize all the Steven letters. Stephen hates there. Eric Goodbranson. 
Uh, he's a player who I think is an RFA after this year. And an ass. And, <laughs> and an ass, apparently. Apparently, Ian knows that apparently I internally hate Eric Goodbranson. Goodbranson. Uh, I just want to make sure everyone hears that there's a D in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds terrible. Um, but there's controversy because he's a player that the front office would like to keep, but the fans apparently hate. You want to say I hate him, but apparently the fans hate him. And it's very confusing what money he's going to cost. Um, so th- I would be surprised maybe to see him move. Uh, they've got other UFAs, Derek Pouliot, Troy Stetcher, and Philip Holm. Nobody cares. Ben Hutton maybe <laughs> traded sometime, or Chris Tanev, one or the other, but I don't know if it's now. They've both got some term on him. Um and then they have <laughs> the Louis Erickson contract. They have uh, Burmistrov, uh, maybe. I don't know if anyone's interested. And then, of course, both of the Sedin's contracts are up this summer, but they're not getting... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't trade them together. I think they're just going to be respected enough to, like, you're not going anywhere unless they, like, want a cup so desperately yeah. that they're like, we'll play separately, fine. You know? <laughs> Twice the chances, I guess. But... Henrik gets it and Daniel does Oh, bedagger me, <laughs> Henrik. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know what they'll trade. They may trade something, but I don't think they're in a position to trade a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe, speaking yeah. of teams that trade... No, <laughs> sorry. I would say maybe Thomas Vanek. Yeah, strikes yeah. The biggest uh, but McKenzie did mention that he didn't perform very well the last time he was a rental, so that may weigh on some GM's minds, which is interesting to think about. Yeah, I wouldn't want him (laughs) at all, but you never know. I've heard people are like, maybe on the blues. I'm like, get the hell out of here. (laughs) Also, like him and Mike Yo had a whole thing in Minnesota, so like there's no way that dude's coming here. Hey, it's me again, Tomas (laughs) Vanek. I don't know what those people sound like. Very old hatchet, no? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently Tomas Vanek speaks very broken English. (laughs) Vegas Golden Knights. This was a team that you the could, Wonder Kids. Yeah, you could put your money down at the beginning of the season because they pretty much told you flat out we're selling <laughs> in February, no questions asked. And I don't think they'll be selling anything, <laughs> which is so weird. And soon they'll probably be signing people. Yeah, people that they were gonna sell. Perron, uh, James Neal. I think those are two names. The real deal. <laughs> those are two names that were gonna be on the trade block that are probably gonna stick there. I don't think they do much of anything either other than maybe bolstering a blue line because their defense is most certainly a defense by committee. And if you're going to do that, make the committee bigger. <laughs> like, just get another one. I agree, yeah. That's get Lee Stepniak. Make him play defense. Get Lee Stepniak. That's, that's really, the real, that's think, the core issue here. Get Lee Stepniak now. might be a little too now. late, but we've got one week left. I think we can get on Jonathan, Twitter and make a movement. Look, Jonathan Mercer show is not a captain material. I'm just saying it flat out. I know the guy. <laughs> real asshole. <laughs> Steve doesn't like these guys <laughs> out west. Lee Stimniak's your man. Alright, he's an American hero. And he's gotta be somebody's hero because yeah. he's not Toronto's <laughs> hero. I'll tell you that much. Hashtag Stepniak to LV. Yes, let's That's do where it. He needs to be, I want to see it. I want to see it all over Twitter. Let's do <laughs> it. Or I guess to VGK, because LV, they're not Las Vegas. Uh, whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, I'm going to take us on a tangent, because it's a bonus episode. And you're all in, if you're this far, you want another tangent. Because why not, right? <laughs> James Neal, 
You've told me this story a thousand times. It's the funniest oh, thing that's ever yeah, happened. This in is hockey. the best. Uh, what he was doing, like a, a Twitter takeover of the Penguins account or something yeah, like that, it was or a like ask, a, it was like a sort. Of, it was sort of like a Reddit. Ask me anything. Okay. Like just ask me a question. And I'll reply back on Twitter. Okay, and and fans basically sabotage. Yeah, this it was thing, basically. Right? I believe. Informally, it was Flyers fan sabotage us. <laughs> I just asked him sort of leading questions, like because he's he's known as a little bit of a dirty player. I think he's cleaned up a little bit. Uh-huh. He's also kind of a diver. Uh, there were different questions, like James Neal, if you opened up a bar, how cheap would your shots be? <laughs> uh, I think my favorite one is James Neal. Math question for you: If you see three opposing players in the corner. You only have two elbows. Who do you decide to need? <laughs> there's one I can't remember ever. It's something about diving too. But... Oh yeah, there's a there's a. If you open your cupboard and the peanut butter is within reach, do you still leave your feet out of habit? <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, so look that up I if you, you can James. find it because that's beautiful. And just for the record, we, there was a point this season where we would have been gangbusters to get I, James Neal on this team. I don't know if team, I ever told so. you this. It was probably like this week, but I had like a very vivid dream. This is one of the ten parts of it. But that we <laughs> got like or we got a uh, James Neal. But we, I don't know what he got him for, but I remember thinking that was an awful lot we had to give up. And I want to say it was like four pieces or some crap. <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, I guess we win the cup now, though, which isn't true either. But it was really weird. And now I kind of want him. And so you wake up from a dream, you're like, oh. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Who knows? No. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, he's not going anywhere. Uh, and speaking of teams that aren't going anywhere... <laughs> There you go. That one's for real. Uh, the Washington Capitals, <laughs> the perennial sweethearts of the second round, the Cinderella's of the not making it to the conference finals, are once again going to do that. They pro- may win the President's Trophy. What else is new? But they, uh, they're they in a weird, like, I don't even want to say transition, but they are, but they're not, but they are. And it's weird. They have no cap space. They're dollar in, dollar out if they're going to make any trades, just like the wild, like the penguins. Um, They're obviously, they're probably not going to pursue a rental. They just did that last year and it didn't work with Shattenkirk. Um, They're very concerned with the here and now because Ovi's not getting any younger and neither is Nicholas Backstrom or Braden Holtby for that matter. But. You know, they don't want to sacrifice a first round mm-hmm. pick. So if they can do something without that, they may do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh they may do a hockey trade, but those aren't really easy to pull off. I would say, gun to my head, capitals do nothing or a very minor move at the deadline. I think Bob McKenzie mentioned that maybe Mike Green goes back to DC just for a little bit of time with the prorated contract. They might be able to squeeze him in. That'd be, That'd cool. be a fun little thing because I think he's not that he wasn't necessarily mature, but he's he's aged as we all do over time. And get I think, him back, Brooks. Like too. Oh, <laughs> no, we were talking about age. This is a fine wine age. Brooks like is like rocks now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I'm with you. I don't see them doing very much. A, a team I do actually see doing at least one larger move, and I don't think Mackenzie thought they would. Is the Winnipeg Jets? You know who their GM still is, though, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> 
oh, I can't remember his first name. It wasn't Sheveldayoff, which always sounds like the name should have ended four syllables yes. ago. Yes, Sheveldayoff. You mean Shovel Knight? Yeah, like <laughs> your GM Shovel Knight. <laughs> um, the Winnipeg Jets are a team that, much like five or six other teams I've talked about, kind of, I don't know if they saw themselves as leading the Central this year by any means. I know I didn't think they were going to, but I knew they were getting better with the sort of young talent they have. Mm. I don't know if they really have pieces to move with, but I do think they'd want scoring help. I'd If I'm Shovel Knight, I want to get in before Nashville does. I'm competing with Nashville. It's me and Nashville. I don't care about the Stars. I don't care about the Blues. I, we can, I can beat all those teams with the Winnipeg Jets, but I don't know about Nashville. And the way the playoffs are set up currently, you're probably meeting them in the second round at the latest. So I'm, I'm trying to get Rick Nash before mm-hmm. Nashville gets Rick Nash. I'm trying to get Mike Hoffman before the Blues get Mike Hoffman. I don't know necessarily what they need as far as like a right wing, a left wing, a center, but I think they need a little bit of scoring help. I think their blue line's pretty set. Jacob Troop is coming back pretty soon. They've got a good solid core there. But I think they could use someone on a second, maybe even third-line basis to help them out. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't know if they have the assets for it. It might have to be contract back and forth. I think they have cap space at least. But I'm guessing they make a move. Like I said, I thought maybe a Vander Kane. There's no way it's a Vander Kane. But maybe a Michael Grabner. That screams kind of like uh, Jets. Jets are already pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I could most certainly see a Grabner or even a... Maybe a weird lower pick, again, off the Rangers, a, a Zuccarello. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a lower, but a guy I wouldn't think they're going to move as readily. Um, those are just a few names that have gone on in my head and around because I don't think they're – they don't necessarily need a, a center. They don't need a Broussard or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Dayoff has spent a lot of years not making any moves, and much to the fan chagrin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do nothing this year, especially if the if – the, predators go out there and do something big and you know they're gonna yeah what you assume they are i don't know how you package that to your fans and look you can say our window's just opening and arguably it is you know mm-hmm. patrick wine is young mark shifley i mean everybody they have is young for the most part and talented but um you can only go with that narrative so long before mm-hmm. your fans want to kill you yeah you know because think, they're yeah. a really good team right now they already know they're what one of the best teams at home. It's going to be damn near impossible to come in there and beat them at home in the playoffs. You know that's going to take some serious doing. So they need to first, for one thing, they need to do their best to finish off the season and even catch the Predators if that's possible and get home field mm-hmm. home ice advantage throughout. Uh, but even if that's not, you know they have to stay in second place. They have to compete, and there's just no like. There's that category of three, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and Nashville, who are the top probably flight contenders. Yeah. But the Jets are right next yeah, to them. Yeah, I'd say they're a 1B They sure. Them and maybe like Boston. I would say the Jets are above any other team in the 1B category, and mm-hmm. then there's like a 2 category, you know. But <laughs> Really breaking them up. So how do you say nothing, you know? How do you do <laughs> nothing for that? So we've made it through the slog. We've made 30 whole teams. But there's a 31st team in the NHL Why these bother? years. Did you know? Uh, and that team, of course, if you 
have made it to this podcast, you're probably familiar with the St. Louis Blues, although can you be familiar with a team that, like a chameleon, changes its identity and appearance every single year? Uh, and from game <laughs> to game, really. <laughs> Still dies in the street. Let's start by talking about the trade that the Blues already have made, shall we? Uh, we learned Thursday, I guess Thursday afternoon, because it was right before recording the rap cast, that mm-hmm. uh, the Blues have made a trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs alluded to several times during this show for Nikita Soshnikov. Uh, Soshnikov is a 24-year-old right-wing player, but a left-handed shot, because of course. Um, That's how the Russians work. For, uh, who had been signed as a KHL free agent, so he was undrafted. He was brought over from the KHL. Uh, he struggled with injuries in his career, but he's shown a lot of promise um, from time to time. He has a heavy shot. He's got good speed. He's got a lot of the, you know, kind of uh, unteachables, I guess, <laughs> if you will. The physical things mm-hmm. are going well, um, are right for him. And he's a player that honestly, in a phenomenally, incredibly, unbelievably deep forward group for the Toronto Maple Leafs, just didn't have a mm. slot shot. It's not like he was a charity case for the Blues. Other teams were pursuing him, according to his agent. They felt most comfortable with the Blues. Um, the agent, whose name is something like Millwell or something. <laughs> I've got it here. I'll find it eventually. Uh, Milstein. Uh is uh, also the agent of uh, Ivan Barbashev and Quim Costin. He's an agent for a lot of Russian players. So uh, familiar probably with the organization, with Armstrong, with Yo. He mentioned meeting Yo several occasions. So probably felt like a good fit. Uh, Blues give up a fourth-round pick, not even from 2018, from next season to get him. he looks to be, I mean, he's expected to get immediate NHL playing opportunities uh, as soon as he clears his visa Now, do papers. we know that? I think we do. I think he's going to get a shot, yeah. I mean, that's what I want for sure. He can't, I mean, well, we know for one thing that he can't go to the AHL where he has a clause in his contract yeah, where he, he gets to be to released it. and go to the KHL. Yeah. So one assumes he's not going to be a healthy scratch all the time, mm-hmm. whether he gets... You know, whether Armstrong has the stones to say, give this guy a solid 20-game run yeah. as long as he's healthy, who knows, and probably not. But well, that's what I mean. So you wonder, I don't know if you mentioned this already, but yeah, you wonder how he was in the AHL for Toronto, and that's because they had him on IR, mm-hmm. and they pretty much said, oh, he's still injured. He even played though. five full games, had a point a game. Yeah. Looked incredible, and then after it, they said, "Nope, he's got to go back on the." IR. Yeah, no, we looked at it after five games. <laughs> still looks injured to us. Uh, That's a Lou Lamarillo special. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are your initial thoughts on the trade? Uh, I like this player a lot, mm-hmm. but I'll let you talk about it more. Wax poetically about <laughs> Nikita Sashnikov. Wax. Nothing about the word wax sounds <laughs> poetic. <by the> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> That's in my ear. Um, I like Nikita Sashnikov. I've said this a couple of times listening to the Steve Dangle podcast. It's a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. So I've heard a lot about the guy. They really liked him up there. He's a guy who plays with a lot of heart, really kind of scrappy player. I believe pest is a term that's been thrown around a little bit with him. Pest is a term that gets thrown around <laughs> a lot these days. And I, I like hearing that because that's something I know I've said I will think this team needs more of it needs someone that's getting under the other team's skin because we don't do it on the scoreboard so as might as well do it mentally and physically on the ice 
I think he's got more offensive upside than what his stats show. I think mm-hmm. we mentioned that too. I would like to see him in a third line role here. I think he has the capability to to do it. You know, fourth line at the very lowest, obviously, because otherwise he's on the bench. <laughs> or um, the fifth line. Yeah, on the not? fifth line, practice line. I'd like to maybe see him get a couple of shots on the second or on the second power play unit at least. Yeah. He seems to have some offensive potential. It'd be nice to say. Yeah. You know, if he if he's like even a fifteen to twenty goal player consistently, this is a steal, you know. So Yeah, I'd say if he gets yeah, even just fifteen goals like next season, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, more I if you had to compare him to anything, I guess it'd be kind of like a better Yaskin, but he's also not really much of a power forward, which mm-hmm. is what Yaskin is. So I don't know, a younger Scotty Upshaw. Or Saboka type. Yeah, yeah, sort of like that. I think he's got a little more energy than mm-hmm. some of the guys currently on our team, which is something we need. And I've seen a lot of he doesn't quit on a play, and I was like, hey, that's something we also need. Maybe this guy will have an A on his jersey yeah. next year because he's leading by example. <laughs> I have a nice little uh, scouting report on him from the athletic Scott Wheeler. Uh, he has a really heavy shot, one of the most powerful shots in the organization when he was with the Leafs. Uh, it said Scott Wheeler has covered Sashnikov's games with the AHL's Toronto Marley and watched him with the parent club. Toronto Marley's, by the way, are one of the best teams in the AHL, mm-hmm. part of the reason that they can trade this guy for almost nothing. Um, I think first and foremost, he's a straight-line player, north-south, and he's extremely physical. He finished all of his checks, and he's an excellent skater. He's normally one of the fastest players on the ice when he's out there. He's a guy with comp who compliments players who can create more than him, but he's a great four-checker and a great skater, so he kind of fits in the mold of a third- or fourth-line guy pretty effectively. Sometimes it gets him into trouble how physical he is, like he gets on the wrong end of some hits as well, and so he's had injury troubles in the past, including running into Zdeno Chara and running into Vladimir Tarasenko, which certainly many of you have heard about last year, the incident (laughs) where we were playing the Maple Leafs and he tried to lay a heavy hit on Tarasenko, and we were up 5-1 at that point, it was just the end of the game when things were getting chippy and they got into a little skirmish and Tarasenko pointed up to the scoreboard and put out five fingers and just reminded him, which scoreboard, by the way, is the absolute best taunt you can possibly have. Just disgusting. There's no defeating it. That's the worst taunt. <laughs> That's true. I hate it. Uh, St. Louis plays the style of game that he could compliment quite a bit and vice versa, his agent Milstein said. We are also very much impressed with the head coach, Mike Yo, whom I've met on many occasions. I think it's a great organization, and I think he would be able to progress and develop more as a player and show everything that he's got in St. Louis. Um... Wheeler again said he can definitely score, but he's kind of one of those guys who just throws everything on net and crashes the net to try and finish off plays. That's what I want. Great. I like how he says that almost as a negative. No, please. That's all we need. Uh, and uh, Milstein even mentioned they have like a Russian camp for his agents that are all Russian players apparently, and he plays on a line with Barbashev. And he says, I mean, the skill level is through the roof. Hopefully he'll have an opportunity to show his skill in addition to what you've seen in the highlights. Obviously that's his agent, so take it with a grain of salt, if not a whole bushel of <laughs> salt. Uh But then uh, the last thing I'd say is from Mike Yo. I've heard a lot of really good things. I think it's going to end up being a good move for our organization in terms of his work ethic, his skating ability, and his ability to play on both sides of the puck. I think in hearing from some people in Toronto, they actually really like him. Coaches like him. He's one of those guys that had a lot uh, that they had a lot of time for. I spoke to him yesterday, and he's real excited about joining us. Again, everything that I'm hearing about him and the type of player he is, I believe he'll be a good fit with our group. Uh, I'm really excited about it. 
I mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I've just already fallen love fallen in love with him. They call him Nick Flair because he when he scored his first uh, NHL goal gave a very loud woo <laughs> crowd um, in an away stadium. I just think this team needs grit so badly. Some it needs anybody with some fire and heart. Yeah. Anybody and. God help me if we bring in a third line nobody and that like transforms the makeup of this roster. I'm I'm gonna be furious in a weird <laughs> way, but I'll also be happy and I'll buy the Soshnikov jersey. Forty three is I think what he was with the Maple Leafs could be totally different, uh, but I'm excited. I want to see what he can do. Now let's move on to the bigger picture of what the Blues will look for at the deadline. Uh, <laughs> Doug Armstrong and. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford had a piece on the athletic, like they didn't co-write it. He interviewed <laughs> Doug Armstrong and wrote about his interview. One was a ghost. <laughs> um, and it seems pretty obvious, and I'm thankful for this personally, that Doug Armstrong <laughs> is not in win now mode. He is not of How the delusion <laughs> that this team is one rental player away from the cup. The comparison to Ryan Miller has been mentioned a lot. It's not that season where we really believe we may be that one piece away from a cup run, which we weren't then, by the way, apparently. (laughs) Um, Or at least that wasn't the right piece. Uh, The uh, Jeremy Rutherford said, We do know this. The Blues are interested in making a hockey trade, meaning they'd like to acquire a player with term uh, with beyond the 2017-18 season. They are not interested, at least for the moment, in a rental, which is a player whose contract will be expiring this summer. Armstrong said, we'll see what the rental prices are, I guess. If you're looking for a utility forward, those rental prices are different. It's not that I don't respect them as players. It's the asking price. If we have five blue-chip prospects and an imposing GM wants a blue-chip prospect, we'll decide whether we want to pay that or not. I'm inclined not to pay that. Agreed. I agree, (laughs) too. Um, So, with all that said... uh, there's reason to believe something's up right now with the Senators and the Blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Korak, very trustworthy St. Louis-based reporter, has a story today reporting that the Blues and uh, Senators are in serious discussions over uh, Derek Brassard or Mike Hoffman. Uh, not a package deal, according to him. You never know, I guess. Um the names that uh, some of the names that have been discussed in that possible trade include Vladimir Saboka and Patrick Berglund uh, and Robbie Fabry possibly going back. I know the Senators have a lot of interest in Fabry and his injury history makes him a tradable piece for the Blues, certainly, I would think. Um, there's also news today that Tage Thompson was asked to play center. Uh, in San Antonio, which could be nothing, but given the timing of it and given that two of our th- potential third-line centers are being openly discussed as potential trade pieces, seems like could be significant. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> Mike Hoffman is a player I can't decide on whether I want him or not. I really don't know. I think he'd be a good addition. I think Armstrong's interested in him, and he has generous term at not too bad a price, lots of speed, scoring threat. I mean, he's he's got a lot of stuff that would be good. I just where we've talked so much about this team needs leadership and personality more than it needs players, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anything about him from that aspect. 
I've been talking a while. Why don't you say <laughs> some things? Yeah, I'm not big on Mike Hoffman, really. It's, a sc- like you said, it's scoring. He's fast. I mean, mm-hmm. these are things you want, but it's not really a heart player. I know it's kind of weird to say that you want to trade for, but he's also not the best at defense. It's pretty much non-existent. You'd make the power play a little bit better, but I don't know if one player makes our disaster of a power play click at all. I don't know if I want Derek Broussard. He's a little bit older. He's 30. I mean, you certainly, if you get him, Paul Stasny's gone, I would think. You'd have to be. I mean, Derek Broussard's at five million, over $5 million a year. Or if you're getting Paul Stasny back, you're saying, hey, you're taking five or less you know, for a certain mm-hmm. number of years. I don't know. I Which, God willing, they're saying anyway. Yeah, I just don't see the <coughs> move out there for us, especially for what supposedly is going back. I mean, there have been rumors of Ottawa and Patrick Berglund for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a couple of years, I don't know if their GM's in love with them or somebody, a scout in the organization. Like we were talking about before we started uh, recording, it's a matter of what Ottawa thinks of their franchise currently. If they're rebuilding... They don't want Vladimir Saboka. They don't want Patrick Berglund. They want a younger guy. They want one of our prospects. They want uh, picks. That's what they want. They don't care for our, our older, quote-unquote, trash players. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll put it real nicely. I, the, but they might they might not be in that mode. Maybe they're trying to yeah. sort of move laterally, and maybe they want veteran leadership. God knows I don't think it's one of those two, but they don't know that, so whatever. It's just... If I'm playing both sides of it, if I'm playing both GMs, no trades get made because yeah. one of me is not doing the other one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good. Like we've always said, and say it till Doug Armstrong is not the GM here anymore, he seems to pull a weird rabbit out of the hat every so often. I didn't think Halak was coming here. I didn't think Braden Shen was ever going to be a blue ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> nor did I really think of him leaving the Flyers. So I don't know. Maybe there's something like that out there. And neither of these things were heavily rumored at the time either. So it could happen. Let's, I don't think it will. We have a couple more things to say. We're wrapping up. But let's say this. Not Ottawa specifically, mm-hmm. but percentage chance, would you say the Blues make some significant trade of a level higher than the Sashnikov deal before the 26th trade deadline? Um, I'm going to say there is a 40% chance. Okay. I want to say 50-50, but I'm leaning slightly to they don't do anything major. If we're saying over Sashnikov, maybe they do another weird little... Another fourth-line guy, young fourth-line guy, mm. to sort of bolster this, like, we're not going to re-sign Upshaw or Brasiak's gone next year, sort of a before-the-summer moves. Um, maybe there's something out there. I just don't know. I I would lean over 50. I was going to say 80. That seems too wrong. high. Just dead wrong. <laughs> what I would say is I think there's a 100% chance. There's a 100% certainty that Doug Armstrong wants change. I think oh, from everything mm-hmm. I've heard... You can just tell he's fed up. He's not satisfied with the the nature of this team's losses, dating back to, like, the Florida loss, you know, not even considering some of the stuff that's happened lately. He had those quotes about us not responding well to praise. Yeah. That was, like, a month ago, and we've 
sucked more since yeah, then. Yeah, I will say one thing, though, is that I was looking at our record here, or our schedule coming up, mm-hmm. and I know it's it gets in tight. We've only got three games before the trade, trade deadline. One of them is on the Sunday before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It's the Sharks this Tuesday at home for the Blues, at home for the Blues against the Jets on Friday, and then in Nashville again. Ooh, that'll be fun. 11, 11 o'clock game. At least it's way early that yeah. day. So if we, <laughs> if we lose all three, we can have a lot of time to sell Ex- the whole team. You're right. So, yeah, so that's on Sunday. I don't know. It'll be a fun little thing as trades maybe don't happen before then with every little tick, like, as, you know, a win against the Sharks, win against the Jets. Ooh, mm-hmm. You know? And, and I man, can you imagine the two wins there? And you're like, okay, looking all right. And then just a collapse against the Predators again. That's got that's got to be the worst like recency sort of bias. And we go, oh, I mean, you're the GM, but you're probably trying to think overall of the team. Uh, but that's the last thing in your brain. Yeah, is that Sunday game? Ooh, yikes! I, I don't yikes if you're a player. I don't want the Blues to lose games. I am a Blues fan, but for Let's the sake it. of drama, if we lost all three, I wouldn't know what the f. What we were gonna happens. do. <laughs> I would think I would think Stastny hundred percent on the market at that point. I would honestly mm-hmm. think Doug Armstrong goes to him and says, "Look, this team is broken. I know you're from St. Louis. If you want to come Get back out. and it makes sense for us, yeah, we'll talk in the summer. This isn't you, but you have too much value. Like it's not you. It's if us. that happens, I don't see any punches being pulled. Um, and by the way, I could totally see that happening. I would say. I would not say we're the favorites in any of those games the way we've played lately. Yeah. Um, one more thing I'll mention. We've talked about John Tavares before. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford asked Armstrong about whether moves now might preclude a deal for Tavares or a big name free agent. He said, not really. One in the hand, or, you know, and he talked about whether, I guess the question was more whether the possibility of Tavares would prevent moving yeah. now. He said, not really. One in the hand is better than two in the bush. I've been around Thanks, here sorry. long enough <laughs> to realize you have all these great plans on July 1st and on June 30th. Everybody signs with their current teams or they just don't want to come to your team. You can Aww. say that again. Uh, there are teams that did that, and now they have an abundancy of cap space and no players. So we can have grand plans, but there's 30 other teams that want them. And want our grand plans, really? <laughs> and uh, if the salary cap goes up like they're talking about, 4 or $5 million increase, then it's like the way it was four or five years ago when it brought everybody back into the equation. Also, and this is the really interesting part to me, I think if you get into that market for a free agent, players such as Tavares. I know for a fact that we don't have any contracts that are untradeable right now. Some are more desirable than others, but there's nothing <laughs> out there that's a real albatross, so we could always trade players, wave players, or do all sorts of things. That was very interesting to me. I think you pushed back reasonably against my well, like over-reading of what he said. A little bit, but after, after hearing you read it in full, I'm kind of a little more with you. Go yeah, ahead. so my initial instinct to that my initial just reaction to that was that implies to me that Armstrong's talking about everything with everyone mm. <laughs> and, and not down necessarily to the individual letter and you know every single name on the roster mm. but that has to mean you know you look at our bad contracts that has to mean he's talked steam with people mm. it has to mean he's talked Bergwin and Saboka it has to mean Bo Meester. I would think those four for sure. You couldn't say mm-hmm. that publicly and not like have know there's somebody out there that would take Alex Dean. Now, I'm not saying we're trading any of those guys, but 
I know what can happen. We both know. We all know as fans what can happen when Doug Armstrong's in the kind of effort mode. Like, <laughs> let's try something new. Yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk trade happened when he was in that mode, you know? Um, and that was not after seasons of reinforcement. <laughs> Uh, so for one thing, I like how he basically says, I can do something now and I can trade crap and I can do John Tavares too because I'm Doug Armstrong. <laughs> that, that's what I took you. the most away from him. Um, it was like, I can, if I want to get Doug Armstrong, like I'll find a way to do it. Yeah, I was like, holy Tavares, cow. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I think there's this just a growing sense of dissatisfaction with this team. I've never heard Jeremy Rutherford in all, and maybe some of it's his freedom at the athletic that he didn't have at the post dispatch, but I've never heard him ever talk about the blues. Like the way he talked about him in this article that he posted today. And even in, in this article with the, uh, Armstrong interview, there were some quotes. There are a lot of quotes from Armstrong out there, whether it happens now or at the draft or thereafter, I really am starting to think this team looks significantly Agreed. different before next season. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be disappointed because <laughs> this is not too much going now. well. Um, I think, like you mentioned last podcast, getting a Tavares, even if you keep some of these other big names around with us, you know, he's automatically number one in the pecking order, and you kind of people are just kind of set behind him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is John Tavares' team now. Yeah. Doug Armstrong moved people you didn't think he was going to move mm-hmm. to get this guy. This is that team now. And if you're not on board, you're out of here. You yeah, know what I mean? You've exactly. completely changed. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, the last thing, quote from Armstrong, I would say we're in the part now where we're still preparing to get back into championship caliber talking about what phase of building the team was in. <laughs> phase nine. <laughs> I think what we found is if you make the playoffs, you can win the championship. I don't know how we've found that. Yeah. <laughs> I just think we want to be competitive, and if the right deal is there, we'll certainly do it. But if it's not, we're not dead set on having to do something. So we know nothing for certain. Mm-hmm. I am I am more of a like I know nothing mindset with the Blues than I maybe ever have been at the deadline from like we could do zero things mm-hmm. more than Soshnikov or there could be a deal that involves like Petrangelo and Steen like to that yeah. level of just Who screw knows? it you yeah. know like and I'm not saying that's going to happen those types of things would obviously need to likely happen in summer anyway but like the next nine days and the three games we play in that period are going to be very interesting for the Blues <laughs> And I expect a lot of chaos and madness, uh, much like this podcast has mm-hmm. been a lot of chaos and madness. But that's a bonus episode. It's what you signed up for if you downloaded it. Um, do you have anything else to say about the Blues or any of the 31 other teams? Mm-hmm. 30 other teams. <laughs> Plus Seattle, if Plus you have Seattle. anything to say. Did we ever, I mean, oh God, I don't want to go too far down this. I don't know, did we ever mention that Seattle... Put in their like bid to be a team. No, like we did that's not. more than official now. No, yes, it's actually happening, folks. So I'm twenty twenty, I think. Yeah, twenty twenty is the earliest they can be a team. I guarantee you that they will be because Vegas is the best thing to happen to the to the NHL in forever <laughs> because they can literally point at that team and go, "Look, you don't have to wait. You can just be good next year. You yeah. can have a great team next year." Yeah, and that. Then they'll pony up the money, like, no problem. The fan, the expansion draft will be identical. Yeah. I, bet. I assume they'll do the exact same thing. 
I don't know what you have to do to pry your naming rights away from another league. Uh-huh. And I don't know if people would embrace it at all because I don't live in Seattle. You want the Seattle Supersonics. Oh, I would love the Seattle Supersonics <laughs> on the ice. And then if you... If they, they have to go an S, right? Because everybody yeah. else in town is an S, so it has to be an S. Well, you, can, you, you can't do another C thing. Like, you can't do the Seattle C, you know, like the dogs Seahawks. I, I do like the Sea Dogs, though. I've heard rumors, supposedly, of, like, the Seattle Seals as, like, a kind of thing back to the California Golden uh-huh. Seals. I say they do the Seattle Golden Seals, and everything just starts becoming golden. <laughs> they have the, the Golden like, Nordiques. we got to emulate the Golden Knights in any way possible. The Seattle Silver Seals. Oh, there we go. I, it sounds great and awful <laughs> at the same time. Um, no, as far as trade deadline, I just enjoyed a lot, and I think we're going to see more movement this time than ever before. At this point, normally, in most trade, trade deadline seasons there's our the big moves have already been made today a week ahead of time or more they're already done and there's a few ones here and there but the big ones haven't happened yet but they're gonna yeah and i really i hate waiting but it makes the trade deadline Except so if good. nothing happens until that day yeah oh it makes it so good we both firmly believe trade deadline day should be a national holiday hashtag deadline holiday <laughs> hashtag act and vgk <laughs> Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's all we have to say for now. It'll be interesting because we have the episode on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then that's the last one before the trade deadline. Yeah, and we will, we've will. we been talking about and probably will do a, another bonus episode after the deadline where we assuming multiple things happen, where we spend more time on like other yeah. teams and stuff. We might go back and forth if literally nothing happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right, obviously. But uh, if, if it's explosive... Rick, if Rick Nash is on this team, though, we going to talk about it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> if we trade for Rick Nash, this Blues podcast will not ignore it. Uh, and with that, I don't think we have anything else to say. You're probably amazed that we've talked this long. So I, I guess... That will be all for us. So thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Have a wonderful evening and a merry trade deadline to you all. Hasta la vista.